You see, it's not until I unmute the mics that I can actually hear you talking to me with the headphones on. As I, as I continue to yell at you, even though now I can hear you completely fine. Okay. My cats dear you? <laughs> I don't have a cat. The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog? Is it brown? Is it quick? It's got to be brown, otherwise there's no W in there. I have seen, well, a number of red foxes, not to mention the, well, the old school comedian actor, Red Fox. Sidebar. Uh, mm, what, I'll, do, I'll have a Jameson Neat make it double. What color are the eggs in green, or what color is the ham in green eggs and ham? Green. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. It happens to be in a uh, an illustrated book. Okay. And in the illustration in that book, the yolk... But not the white of the eggs is green. Okay. Which I have no idea how to do that. And that's how you're making your determination? And the ham is also green. Therefore, I thought I thought the yolk was yellow, the eggs are green, and the ham was, well, like pinkish. No. No. You're having a Bernstein Bears moment. I mean, I've had several of them. You mean Bernstein Bears? Uh, you mean... Bernstein. <laughs> <laughs> What's the what's the name for that? The uh, uh, Mandela. The Mandela yeah, effect. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The Mandela effect. Okay. So, so how would so you? So I've sur- had a false Mandela effect <gasps> uh, about no. the uh, the sweet in real life. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I am completely right about the sweet. Wait. Yeah. Wait. I'm, I'm confused <laughs> on what a false Mandela is. So is the, it like a real and actual thing? So the the Mandela effect is when a whole lot of people believe a thing believe was done and a remember way. a particular thing that is false. Well. That is apparently false. Well, so that's kind of the problem probably with the, word that, the world that we're in is the I'll go with powers that shouldn't false. be sure. are currently I say that controlling because, the narrative. I say that because I have a theory on the Mandela effect, and this is multiverse theory, right? Okay. That, that you as a human being don't necessarily exist in the same universe for the entire duration of your life. So your perspective hopped from universe A to universe B. When you went from Bernstein Bears to Berenstein Bears? Yes. Like, like your your memory isn't necessarily incorrect. It's just that the universe and you live in has changed. Stranger things have happened. Right. And, and it's because you've migrated from, you know, your whatever the previous universe was, where it was indeed spelled Bernstein, Berenstein, Barnstein, whatever the, mm. <clears throat> the heck it was. Close one. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> whatever the heck it was. Um, like whatever the beard it was. Yeah, like oh, that's nice. I gotta start <laughs> right. using beard for a cuss word. Yeah, you get the beard out of here, right? Write the beard now, you mother bearder. Right. Yeah. All right. Anyway, God beard it. It's just a it's just a, a theory that I have. I have no evidence to prove any of this. But well, nobody has evidence to prove the multiverse theory. It's well, then why isn't theory. he on the show? Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh. Yeah. But um, uh, the answer is too much beard. Uh. Ah. Yeah. Is uh, that a thing? I mean, okay. no. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> it's not. It's, so when you it's have totally too false. much beard, it's a Mandela is when you effect. get mistaken for the flying spaghetti monster because your beard is all that they can see of you uh, is these giant noodly appendages. <laughs> we have really taken this on a tangent. <laughs> so what was your false Mandela effect? Let's oh, get back uh, to that. Yeah, yes, it was the, uh, the, uh, uh, the um, uh, when they would show up with the checks. 
Ed McMahon absolutely showed up with giant checks. Okay. 100%. Okay. Now, the Publishers Clearinghouse. Yes. 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 Ed McMahon worked for Publishers Clearinghouse. Okay. And showed up at doorsteps with giant checks. Okay. That is not officially what happened anymore. No. And in fact, it's provably false that he never showed up with any checks at anyone's doorstep. But it is no longer officially true that that's what happened. That is officially one of the Mandela effects. I don't think that's a false Mandela effect. That's absolutely a Mandela effect. No, it's a false Mandela effect. How is it a false Mandela effect? Because that actually happened. So you're you're claiming that... But you can't prove it. Yeah. I I can, actually. There is video footage from uh, from the the television broadcasts of him doing that for Publishers Clearinghouse. Hold on, then. Hold on. That's not a Mandela effect. That's gaslighting. Okay. That's like textbook gaslighting. Okay. You, we know the truth, right? <laughs> we know he brought the big checks. Uh-huh. We have documentation. We have f- physical evidence that he brought the big checks. And then the government or whomever goes like, no, I didn't. Well, I mean, as we've covered on this show, and you are keen to remind me, the Central Intelligence Agency does run Wikipedia. So there's that. I only remind you because you used it against me once and then have subsequently used Wikipedia as like your source of choice. Yeah, hey, read a website. Hey, all I can prove by going to Wikipedia is that that is not the official truth. Okay. Might be the actual truth, like in the case of Ed McMahon and uh, (laughs) Publishers Clearinghouse. So, sorry, that's my best Ed McMahon laugh impersonation. That's why I keep doing it. <laughs> Here's Johnny. <laughs> would you would you accept a truth that the checks that he brought were novelty checks uncashable at the bank? Giant cardboard novelty checks. Right. Yes. I, I would okay. concede yes. that that is probable. Okay. So maybe that's the narrative. I wouldn't go as far as to say that it's probable. It really d- depends on whether it had the uh, the routing number at the bottom. Well, right. I only say that because the number of giant cardboard checks presented by Publishers Clearinghouse in their commercials were numerous, and they did not have, to my recollection, the routing number right. at the bottom. Ah, and in Happy Gilmore, the movie, the fictional movie, yes, right, they made a where big he deal fights of Bob Barker. Where he fights Bob Barker, different guy entirely. On the golf course. On the golf course. But he, you know, part, Over the part, check, part the of the plot novelty. was that he, you know, even though finishing last place, he still gets a big novelty check. Uh, or like, that guy got his check today, I'm not mine, and, you know, he didn't win, but he still has the backseat full of novelty checks. Hey, uh, before we go on, I should probably let people know that this is Free Talk Live. Is it? <laughs> yes. They're, is that the it's d- demonstrably true, but we're going to call it something else. They're, they're, they're definitely listening to a live radio call-in program where they could call in and talk about whatever's on their mind. Uh, they can be on topic or off topic. It doesn't matter. I thought we so, were on gaslighting analysis tonight. I mean, GAT? Yeah. G-A-T-T? Right? Ooh, well, I mean, right now we're on faster than light. FTL. FTL yeah, FTL travel oh, is always faster than light. Yeah. yeah. Are we traveling along the mycelium network? Ooh. I think I, I asked Only Mark. my money is traveling on the mycelium network. I asked Mark this question once for like faster than light travel. Let's say like you're on whatever theoretical vehicle. Okay. And you're going like the speed of light. And you turn your lights on. Or that, or just like <laughs> throw a baseball. What happens? Well, the the baseball, you know, should travel. The lights, maybe not so much because it's, it's, that's how fast light travels. Right, but we know the baseball is already going as fast as the speed of light. Right, and then you well, throw it, and, and then you theory, add force the baseball to it. should be traveling faster. So, so here's light. your problem, though. 
once you have reached the speed of light, no time passes well, for Well, wait, wait. Let's not narrow it down. Richie Rich has multiple problems. Oh, right. So Okay. <laughs> the problem with that analysis, once you have reached the speed of light, you will no longer experience time. Okay. Time will go on around you. But inside that craft that we have accelerated to the speed of life uh, of light, yep. there is absolutely no time that passes. Okay. Until it slows down. Okay. So is slipping is speed in, slipping in, slipping the speed and time go hand in hand then? Future. Like do you need one to calculate the other? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's a, a time space continuum because you really can't separate time from space at least in any modern conception. Of so it. what happens to the baseball if I throw it? You can't throw it because you're not experiencing time. You are a freeze frame. You are a photograph, not a movie. All right, let's let's slow it down for our audience out there. <laughs> I'm I'm in a pickup truck. I'm in the back of it illegally, of course. I'm not strapped in. I've what are you Mexican? Belt on or whatever. Oh. No, I'm a kid from the '80s. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. nationalist. <laughs> where, this, where this crap just sort of happened and like nobody cared. Uh, I'm in the back of a pickup truck, and the pickup truck is traveling at 60 miles an hour on a highway, and I stand up at the back of the pickup truck, and I know that I can throw a 60-mile-an-hour fastball. That's <laughs> true. Right? And you so can I'm, scarcely hope not to. And so I'm pointed towards, no, I mean just like by standing like in a baseball field, you know, without traveling in any way, shape, or form. I'm standing still. Mm-hmm. I'm at the pitcher's mound or whatever, and like I've been clocked. Like, I can throw a 60-mile-an-hour fastball. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? So. Now, here I am in the back of this pickup truck traveling forward at 60 mm-hmm. miles an hour. I'm facing forward, same direction the truck is traveling, and I have a baseball in my hand, and I throw it forward at 60 miles an hour. Now, logic would tell me that that ball is now traveling at 120 miles an hour. Mathematically, I think you'd be correct. Uh, you've got but some issues with but uh, that's air not, resistance. But yeah. it's not Let's... true. So what miles per hour is that ball traveling when I throw it? Well, why is that uh, not true? So it's complicated, but um, okay. So if you take the air resistance That's that the was first question. okay, so like you're standing at the pitcher's mound, you throw the ball. Air resistance is a big part of that, right? Mm-hmm. But that's from standing still. Right. So whatever part of that, so like you would have thrown that at like 300 miles an hour, but you had to get it through air. Yep. So that brought it from 300 down to 60. Right. So now you have double that. So it's not it's not because double the, the truck the, right. is already traveling at sixty. Right, I've got double the air resistance at a minimum. Right, right, based on the fact that it's already traveling sixty miles an hour. Then I attempt to throw my sixty mile per hour fastball, but because I'm encountering double the air resistance, it's only going to go thirty yeah. miles an hour. Yeah, so I, so, so is so the ball now the, traveling yeah. ninety miles per hour? Yes. Well, you're overcomplicating the example, okay. I think, by uh, by adding this a variable. This is a legit question that I've I had got for a it. long time. But so you can, simp- just, you can yeah. simplify by going like, if this happened in a vacuum. Right. If right. In a vacuum, you don't have you to travel. worry about air resistance. Right. Right. And so, so it simplifies the example. Space truckers. Let's start there. Always a good idea. <laughs> Homeboys in outer space? <laughs> right. Okay. Rednecks in space. No. I, so there you are in the back of your space pickup. Okay. And you are kind of limp-wristed. You can only throw a 60-mile-an-hour spa- uh, uh, space that, uh, fastball. <laughs> well, no, you, you have, you have noodly arms. <laughs> you have weak noodly arms because in spite of there being no air resistance whatsoever, what you can only up, fire it at 60 miles an hour. Then it would, yes, go 120 miles an hour. Okay, all okay. Right. If I'm in my space truck and my space truck is going 60 miles an hour. Right. There's no wind resistance because right. we're in space, so right. there's no wind, right? Mm-hmm. 
and then I throw my 60-mile-per-hour fastball, again, no wind resistance, mm-hmm. is my fastball then traveling 120 miles per hour yes. in space? Yes. Why does that stop when you get to the speed of light? Bingo. Well, because you are on space, and space is in this space. weird medium that does actually twist and squish. I don't know if you can be on space. Yeah, it's kind of wacky like that. So how does space itself move? I don't think it does. It does. I'm, well, at least in all in all uh, mainstream accepted versions of physics, space itself can in fact move. Wow. It expands and it contracts. This is why I like having you guys here. If light travels at the speed of light, how long has the light been on? From its perspective, zero. Okay. Zero minutes, zero hours, and zero seconds. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. From the perspective of light, nothing ever happens. Well. Okay. Good job keeping the topic light. Ah. <laughs> now, if you go faster than light, in theory, you'd actually go backward in time. Right. But or, no, a- no, no. You wouldn't necessarily. You, I mean, my baseball goes backwards? No, no, no. If I throw it? <laughs> if, if I understand it correctly, and perhaps I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. This is how I understand it currently. If uh, you travel at the speed of light uh, and you leave point A and you return to point A, traveling at the speed of light, when you return to point A, more time has passed at point A than has passed for you. So if you make a, let's say, a 30-minute round trip, 15 minutes at the speed of light, return 15 minutes at the speed well, of light, it's a 30-minute oh, trip well, for according you. To people, so here's what's wacky that is that like, time stops. That, right, so that, that happens when you get on a jet. Seriously, so even at that slow of a speed, are you sure oh, we're talking only... about the same thing? Because when you so yeah. if you take a fifteen minute faster than light trip and you return, you know, fifteen, so a total of a thirty minute faster than light trip. By whose from, perspective? From point so exactly, you, that's the point. If so you, that's the thing. If you, you leave point A and come back to point A, you've only experienced a thirty minute trip, but everybody else at point A has experienced some time larger than that. Oh, oh, it's it's worse than that. It's worse than that. So if you suddenly like, okay, you're at point A, Mm -hmm. you go uh, from the outside 15 minutes to point B Mm -hmm. at the speed of light, like everyone else experienced 15 minutes, you experienced no time whatsoever. So if you go from A to B back to A, everyone else will have experienced half an hour and for you it will have been zero time because you were traveling at the speed of light. What would you have experienced during that non-time phase? Nothing. Absolutely okay. nothing would have happened from your perspective. Okay. Like it would like for all you know, you just did it. Okay. And we just got right back into place. Can we give out the number in case there's a theoretical physicist listening? There might be. I mean, I guess. Okay. Do we know what the number is? Yeah. Peakless. 603-283-6160. Very good. Well done. <laughs> it, it's right there too if you ever need to I, look I at actually it can't see it, but I, I know. Okay. Just in case I was tested. It's posted on the Wikipedia, that's why. Like, he knows how to find it. Like later on, if you needed to, I could probably rip this, uh, what do you call it, a post-it note no, like, leave it right off right of the it. screen and then like hand it to you so that it's in a more clear view for you. But you know, you'd have to like make some sort of like face and like a gimme gesture. Just spray paint it on the know. blinds. You know, I recently learned a, uh, a post-it note-based uh, cure for uh, rattlesnake venom. Yeah, so if you get bit by a rattlesnake, you just write vaccine on a post-it note. Put the post-it note on the rattlesnake, and it can't hurt you. I thought it was going to be a joke. It was. 
Still not impressed. I thought it was going to be a funny joke. <laughs> it was not. It was a joke. Ha <laughs> 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 uh, Yeah. You are listening to Free yes, Talk. Funny. Good, you are listening funny. to Free Talk Live. If you've never heard of this show, you can go to freetalklive.com, find out all about us, what we do, who we are, why we're here, et cetera, and so on. In the studio tonight, it's Pigless Mountaineer and Richie Rich. And I am combobulated, but uh, people call me Captain. So all right, you Captain. Can call me Captain. Indeed, so. we do combobulated. Yes. I'm not, not to be confused. Can with, I call you Bob? Not to be confused with Combulator, one mm. who does the combobulation. I am not he. I merely experience the effects of combobulation. Combulator? Combobulator. Oh. Yes. I'll still call you Bob. No, don't call and me. And his arch nemesis, Discombobulator. Mm. The guy who mucks it all up. As opposed to Dat Combobulator. Oh, I thought he bobulated to Disco. Recombobulator. The guy who puts it all back together. Yes. That's my favorite one. Uh, I have call a, them all Bob. I have a, Bob? Vo- Bob? I have a, I have a vocabulary word a for Disco today. Bob. That's Rebob. But apparently, I didn't include it in my show prep because, well... You had a vocabulary word? I do. I still have one. Okay. It's just not on the tip of my tongue. It's going to take me... Oh, I don't Does know. Does this lead into the portmanteau of the night? Um, Not necessarily. No. There might no. not even be one tonight. Oh, no. I know. This may, in fact, be a portmanteau. Okay. It's a sesquipedalian. Okay. It is not. Sesquipedalian. Well, I say it might you know be what it because means? yeah, oh, because okay. like it's it's two. There's two parts: the sesqua and, if, and the pedalian. Uh, sesqua as a prefix has a certain meaning. Pedalia as a suffix has a certain meaning. Mm-hmm. All it means, but is, there's no such thing as a sesqua, and there's no such thing as a pedalian. Well, right, but that's like saying like so can't there's be no a such thing as a gy, and there's no such thing as enormous. But yet, ginormous is the portmanteau. Right, because gigantic is a word, and that's the whole word that you've truncated well, with the job. Okay, hugantic. It's truncated right? a portmanteau? No. Right? No. This is this is how you make portmanteaus. You have to truncate both words in order to make them sing. No. Make one new word. No, you can you could you could. You could, but generally speaking you don't. Mm. Right? So anyway, sesquipedalian. Guess what that means? Well, he already knows. It's true. What what do you know? I already am. Oh. I am highly sesquipedalian. Yes. I want to move away just in case it's contagious. Yeah. It is. It is. If you hang out with me long enough, you too will love long words. Uh, The the first uh, longest word in English language that I learned about, or at least in Webster's Dictionary, was in, I don't know, man, sixth grade. Was it anti-disestablishmentarianism? No, longer than that. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Because those medical ones get ridiculous. Like by at least double. Right. Yeah, uh, it's pneumonal ultramicroscopic silica volcano coniosis. The yeah. shortened version of that is coniosis because mm. not everybody can no one say, wants to say that because they're not sesquipedalian enough. Right, exactly. And so all it is is uh, I think I'm safe. It's it's black lung, right? That's all it is. It's a disease <laughs> of inhaling quartz dust. Right, mm. miners would get this from you know working in the coal mine. Right, you know they would inhale so much of this crap that they would get this lung disease uh, known as black lung. That's the street term for it. The shortened medical term is coniosis. The, of course, medical term is pneumonal ultramicroscopic silico volcano coniosis. And if you just break it down, they're easy enough words. Pneumono, okay, I got that. It's like pneumonia, but pneumono. Ultra, yeah, okay, everybody's got ultra. Microscopic, yep, that's a common word. Pneumonal ultramicroscopic silica, yep, okay, we know what silica is. 
uh, volcano. Yep, everybody knows what a volcano is. And then coniosis. Nobody knows what coniosis is, but, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's the end of the word. It's a well, your cones technology. are not what they should be. Yeah, they're coniosis. I prefer the new speak versions. It's good and double plus good and plus good. No other words are needed. As sesquipedalian as I am, I do like simple words. Like black lung. Right. Right to the, right to the heart of it. Straight, like, yeah, straight to the point. Like yep. shell shock. Like not post-traumatic stress, stress disorder. disorder. Right, yeah, it's shell shock. Shell shock. Yeah. Like it's to the point. It's actual like human concepts. Yeah. And it completely explains what it is. You are experiencing a disassociation with reality or time or both as a result of you being involved in wartime activity like being shelled by bombs. What about the people who claim to have PTSD but have not been shelled by bombs? Like disgruntled high school seniors. I mean... It doesn't have to be from shelling in order to be... Like the thing that you get from shelling. Okay. As a uh, as a survivor, I mean, we, might, of, we might abandon that kind of military technology altogether, and we will still have shell shock. As a survivor of childhood abuse, I do uh, have bouts of what I would call PTSD. But is it shell shock? Right. I don't know. Mm. It's it's certainly uh, uh, something that I will never get rid of. Okay. And so it shares common traits. Right. With shell shock, but I was never actually in, we'll call it a war. Right. right? There weren't well, armies. There weren't people in uniforms bombing and shooting and all that stuff. But, but like I suffered physical abuse in the same right. way a captured enemy might suffer physical abuse in time of war. Yeah. Right. So physical, mental, sexual, you, you I name guess it. I might be suggesting the necessity for both terms. So I have a problem with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Go ahead. It implies the idea that there is one way to get a disorder from after trauma. Okay. And that's just not true. Trauma can cause a myriad of disorders uh, that manifest in uh, an equal... No, uh, he just used a myriad correctly instead of myriad. Like some people use it, and I say it's incorrect. English claims that saying... Uh, he experienced myriad symptoms. They okay. claim that that's correct. Like, in, I just don't hear it. Like, when I can't say, "Oh yeah, I have a, I have myriad choices to choose from." No, I say I have a myriad of choices to choose from. I, it's a stickler for me. And there are a plethora of manifestations. I knew that was coming. Yeah, or plethora, depending on no. how you want to pronounce no. it. Yes. No, no, tomato, potato. Clamato. Who's? Okay. Okay, you got me there. <laughs> 603-283-6160 is the phone number. If you'd like to join us, it's the Saturday night edition of Free Talk Live. More is coming up. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. 
Big thanks to the Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. We come back now. We do show. We talk radio. We microphone speak. What, what happened to us liking half meter long words? Um, is there a word for that? Sesquipedalian. No, no, no. That means a foot and a half long. That's a foot and a half, not yeah, half meter. Close enough. What's a half meter? I mean, it's about a foot and a half. Oh. What, what if What's, I draw my well, line? a meter. What? What? How long is a meter? A hundred centimeters. Uh, about three feet compared yeah. to a yardstick pretty close pretty close yardstick sorry i gotta say it like yeah. i'm from new england yardstick i have it yardstick. not yardstick but it's, yardstick. Cl- it's close enough for americans and that's our audience americans <laughs> audience the europeans might get mad at us for the, the you know the, the <laughs> equation Dude, over like there. i so remember the like push for the uh the metric system like in school like the teachers were mm-hmm. all like, okay, well, today we're going to teach the metric system because the United States is going to flip a switch at some point, and they've set a date, and we don't know when it is yet, but there's a date coming, and you need to know this because you won't be able to measure things in the usual way. Your ruler will be gone. Your yardstick will be gone. Your tape measure will be useless. You'll have to use the other side of it. Because we're going to learn the metric system, and so they taught us the metric system, and then we never used it. Pinkley should verify this on the Wikipedia, but I have read on the internet that the reason... Oh, it must be true. That the reason the Americans don't use the metric system is pirates. Pirates? Pirates. Like like Captain Jack Sparrow, or... Like the Europeans <laughs> sent over the official weights and measures for like the kilogram and the meter, yep. and that boat was robbed by pirates. <laughs> Number one, it would be something like that. Number two, if that is the official history, oh, I don't man. trust it. Okay. Now it's I, still funny. I, I have so to I hope take, it's true. It is. As as a as a person or who Or are they has, gaslighting you? I don't know. As a person who has always sort of rebelled against well, I mean many things, right? But like generally that's been my persona for as long as I can remember. I'm just like, no, screw that. I don't want to do that. Right. right. Uh, I've rebelled against many things. Um I will say that at least amongst the population of human beings in Western culture, let's just say the United States for the sake of argument, uh, that if you do drugs, you certainly have used the metric system. Or if mm. you like firearms. Or if you like firearms. Right, yes. Which is why Instagram should, in fact, be a... A cocaine uh, vending machine. Right. Yeah, instead of a social media thing. Like, like if, if words meant what they meant... Right, what they're supposed to mean, then like things would be a lot different. But you instantly aren't. get a gram of something, a portmanteau. Yes, Instagram. But 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 no, it's not that way. And this is the world we mm. live in. So the exception there, though, uh, pot was always in ounces. I mean, eighth was the standard measure for a yeah, single but, serving uh, usage. But also, like a dime bag is like a gram now. Right, and it's I not that was the it? price, and it's not ten bucks. Oh. Yeah, dime bag was I mean, what you could get for ten bucks. Right, and it that it has varied. changed over. It time. varied on the right. Yes, exactly. 
They I used to think be using money. imperial measurements to make your dime back. I used to think that a quarter ounce of weed, right? Uh, I didn't know that the, the word ounce was involved. And like, right. Okay. Man, I got to go get a quarter. I got 25 bucks. Can I get a quarter? Right. And I could because that's how much a quarter cost when I was growing up. They're much more expensive now. Uh, but, you know, that's why I thought it was a quarter. Uh, because it was twenty five dollars, I'm like, oh, that's just slang term. But then, no, one day all of a sudden, I tried to buy a quarter, and it was fifty bucks. And I'm like, but you can't only, sell a quarter for fifty dollars. But I only have that's just half math. of that, you know. And they're like, sorry, it's the price. And We're I'm gonna like, cut it. Well, can I get half of that, <laughs> right? And, you want two eighths? So, yeah, two uh, bits quarter. Anyway, it is free talk live. The telephone number six zero three two eight three six one six zero in the studio. It's myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Let's go to this guy calling from somewhere. You're on Free Talk Live. I'm this guy calling from somewhere? You are. I'm Rick Ridley in New Hampshire. You better be. Oh, it's it's Dave Ridley in New Hampshire. Sorry. Yeah. You screened this call and everything. I totally did. I was just being vague. Oh. We wanted to hear you introduce yourself. You remember that incident in 2018 when... Keene State College kicked me out of a public government meeting. Vaguely, I, they wouldn't. They wouldn't okay. let me in in the first. They wouldn't let me in in the first place, right? They called the cops on me for being there asking questions. Basically. I was watching a lot more really reports on YouTube at that time, so I probably seen it. I was going to say no called, when you said 2018, but go ahead. I, I don't remember any incidents in 2018. Well, let him talk, man. Jesus, I think it was called the City College Committee or the College City Committee, something like that. So the it was a liaison. Oh, totally different committee. Different committee. Sorry, my bad. It was a it was a liaison between the city of Keene and the uh, the, the college that, that happens sometimes on college campus. So uh, anyway, so that was bad, and since then I've kind of been uh, on their case. And the one thing I've been following up on over the last couple of years is their the other censorship that they're doing. So the other thing that they do is they ban students from. Uh, filming their own disciplinary hearings. Okay. Wait, does that so mean a student can f- film a fellow student's disciplinary hearing? I don't think anyone's allowed in there, basically, except uh-huh. for like it's, it's it's very restricted as to who's allowed in. It's not it's not nobody. Well, but I, I like believe that. we I'm, know I'm, that eight. the best justice happens in the dark. You know, star chambers of unaccountability is how you get you know the right thing. Just to- show up in your Steve Irwin costume and call it a kangaroo court. <laughs> I think that my understanding is that reporters are banned from these hearings. Um, and so. Um, so don't tempt him. I've, he will get a kangaroo costume. I've, quest- I've questioned the college president about this on the radio. And then I went to try to find her while I was out and about earlier this month. Uh, I just went to her office to see if I could ask her about it. Um, but she was gone, and there was no one in there. Um, and then uh, I found out that they're gonna, they were going to have a speech that was going to be given. It's called, the speech is called, quote, unquote, uh, Jews in a non-Jewish world by some lady I've never heard of. Um, Probably Jewish. And uh, so... What makes you think they, Because went, they're the I only ones went, allowed to talk about Jews in a non-Jewish world? I was being and I was this. reprimanded a couple of weeks ago for calling them Jews. Hickla said they don't call themselves that, and clearly they do. They're called Jewish people now. She just said Jews are non-Jewish. It's like you can't call you can't call them colored people anymore either. Jews aren't colored. I went to different people, (laughs) or are they? Uh, Sephardic ones actually are. Sephardic. Yeah, that has the word "fart" in it. (laughs) 
So I went <laughs> Thank to, you for I picking out to, the pertinent detail. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> Go ahead, Ridley. I went to the college. I went to the college bureaucracy, which was was uh, putting on this this speech, and I I just walked in on a, a you know weeks before the speech. I just walked in there. They were actually really nice. The uh, I just walked in the first office I saw and said, "Hey, what's this with you guys sponsoring a speech uh, where you're going to ban you're going to ban cameras?" And not only that, look here, hmm, it says you're going to ban coats too. What's going on? <laughs> oh, you've called in about this before. Yeah, so yeah. That's, and this, so uh, happening the in the fall question, where people might be wearing coats because it gets chilly. The question that Ian had was, "Well, are you going to go to the are you going to go to the speech?" And I I didn't know. Well, I went I went to the speech, um, and um, the it wasn't this wasn't necessarily I didn't go inside. Uh, what I did was I just I just went to the initially I went to the periphery, and there were two police officers. I think probably forty five minutes before the speech was even supposed to start. And again, this is not this is not a person anyone's really ever heard of. You know, with very rare exceptions, no one's ever heard of this guy. This this, this lady. Um, and, uh, so there were already police and, uh, they had a sign up that said no videography. However, no one lost their minds when I went and videotaped all around the periphery. And I asked questions of, you know, anyone I could get in front of the anyone I had in front of the camera, I was asking them, so why are you banning videography in the, in there? Why are you banning coats? In there? And, and, um, Good question. strangely enough, everyone was really nice and answered my questions. Do you do you feel an obligation to follow the rules when you go do this activism? Uh, no, but I tend okay. to be a peripherist, right? Like I'm I'm not the guy that charges the machine gun nest. I'm the engineer who's working behind the lines trying to repair the tank. Understood. Or I'm but scouting, I, or I'm you know yeah. I also I think I I want to assume that the security at Keene State College is much less aggressive than the security at like the federal courthouse, right? And if you had a, a pen cam surreptitiously placed in your lapel, right, or, you know, those new Ray-Ban glasses with the camera in it, right, right. Mm-hmm. that no one's really going to stop you. Um, and then you, you could record, could post, you know, that who knows who it is, especially if you do it as a group and everyone's got shots from multiple angles. Well, it couldn't have been just me because mm. clearly this is a different shot than the one you're accusing me of. And it would circumvent the entire rule structure if you don't believe in following rules. That is one way to get around this kind of censorship. But what did they say was their reason for it? Well, uh, safety. One one lady, I can't remember. She was. She may not have been speaking for the university. This may have been just a lady who was going to watch the speech. She was said, "Well, you know, basically, she was saying we have to protect her because people don't like Jewish people." Okay. Uh, wow. And. I know she said it's not wrong. And like, I understand wow. why you don't want them to shoot a Jewish person, but not with a camera. Well, bear, by, by the way, by, bear in mind this was before the Hamas incident, right? So, can you imagine the 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 number of police that would have been there if this had been if this had been something that had happened three days ago? How long ago did this happen? The, the, this was October. This is October third. Oh, okay. Mm. Hey, I believe in shooting everyone with cameras. When they're in public. Yeah, you want a anyway, surveillance least, society? You know, what is wrong with you? Yeah, Jesus. You're allowed to. Don't go in public really? if you don't expect to be uh, surveilled. There, there was a time, Peakless though. Peakless statist over here. Yeah, there, there was a time, though, when you could expect to go out in public without being surveilled, at least by camera. Right? There might be some guy standing on the corner, like, 
oh, there goes a guy with like a beard and there goes a lady with a red dress. And they're like, I mean, perhaps there was some surveillance going on, but there just weren't cameras everywhere like there are today. Yeah, that's because they were prohibitively expensive. No one walked around with a a camera in their pocket 100% of the time. Go ahead, really. I, I tried to walk into the room where the speech was going to happen, and I was immediately intercepted by a very nice middle-aged lady <laughs> who was volunteering for the speech. And, uh, you know, again, again, considering what I've seen, the misbehavior I've seen in the past at Keene State College, it's all an improvement, actually, because at least they're doing the censorship politely now. <laughs> and um, mm. so and I, I was also able to... Uh, uh, I talked to one of the cops as he was walking by about the Crypto Six raid, yep. uh, and I asked, you know, I asked him if he'd been there that day because there were some Keene Police Department. There that, were, you know, during these these they were collaborators with like, the feds. I'm like afraid five to, say. to seven of them. And um, I asked him if he was one of the collaborators, basically, and he said he hadn't been there. I said, well, would you have gone if you'd been told to? He said yes. Well, of course. So he'd been told to. I mean, it's 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 all well and good to call it censorship. Fine. Um, but if, if this, if this particular speaker was like renting out the venue for her particular speech Mm -hmm. and these were like the rules per her contract with the venue, would it still be censorship? No. Uh, uh, not if it was a private venue, but this is state property. Right. Well, it's public property, but if it's being rented out by a private party. Sorry, it's Mm. public property. Okay. End of end of end of conversation. Because it's public I'm, property, public property supersedes the uh, the private agreement. Right. Okay. Yeah. In fact, it's, in a sense, it's almost worse. It's the government is making profit off their public property and and preventing you from witnessing what's happening with your camera. Yeah, that sounds like crap general- that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Anyhow. Well- Nice to see them. Nice to see them at least moving slightly in the in the right direction. The demeanor was great. It's a start. Well, so if you were vending at Pumpkin Fest, right? You 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 paid the city or whatever for use of that stall, mm-hmm. and then somebody just showed up and said, "Like, well, it's public property. I'm just going to stand here." You don't think that would invite a conflict? I don't know. For someone to stand at Pumpkin Fest? Well, if you, or any event, right? They, okay. they shut down whatever for whatever event. It's public property, but there's going to be vendors there because, hey, I'm selling my pumpkin merchandise. Right? Like that happens. Mm-hmm. Those things occur. Mm-hmm. And then, so they've got like their designated vendor area mm-hmm. for them to set up their table and their booth or whatever. Yeah. Oh, and someone stands in your and designated someone just, booth area. Before you got set up, someone just goes, like, okay, I'm just going to set up my stuff over here. So or stands there. Imagine well, imagine a county fair, right? The county fairgrounds, generally speaking, are public property because they're owned by the county. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so they lease out space to, you know, the carnival, to the vendors, to the games, you know, all that kind of a stuff. And you get, you know, X amount of, you know, square feet to put your your joint or your thing on. Somebody shows up and is like, well, it's public property. I'm just mm-hmm. going to stand here even though you paid for well, this spot. So what is generally assumed to be acceptable is that the so-called public property that we are owning jointly mm-hmm. is operated through this very specific means that is our agreed political system. Mm-hmm. So whichever uh, set of rules and laws and statutes and all of that governs that is what is to be done with that public property. How is that different from renting out the venue at Keene State College? Come again? 
How is that? How is that circumstance different than a speaker renting out the venue at Keene State College to give her speech? Right. So the county fair example. How is that different than somebody renting, you know, a pavilion at Keene State College? Mm. Well, so. In theory, the idea of having a college is to propagate discourse and ideas. Okay. So it is a defiance of the very spirit of the thing to remove the ability to spread information well, that's from a, a college. That's if the college was like putting on the speech. But right? that being the case, renting I mean, the venue. What, what's generally agreed upon is that whatever arbitrary rules they have decided through this structure are the rules that get enforced. Okay. Now, it, the problem is you run into the issue of like, well, what if I want to use your highway for my protest right. instead yeah. of your driving? It, it's totally an unfair situation because the state controls part of the agreement. Whereas if it was a completely private agreement, it would be totally black and white. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, this is easily part of the, understandable by all. It's part of the tragedy of the commons. Yeah, no, I get it. I don't like them, you know, tearing off homeless homeless encampments either, because it's on public property. Right, right. They they've homesteaded that little piece of property. They got there first. They mm-hmm. they have equal access and use to it as anybody else. Mm-hmm. And by virtue of being there first, this is how they've chosen to use it. Well, and they, and, sh- and they should not be removed. Well, and and this also indicates another problem. So like. What is the proper uh, uh, ownership of something that's been stolen? So, like, okay, if I steal your $20, right, and then someone steals that $20 from me, like, they can't, you know, be aggressing against me because it's not my rightful property. Right. But now they have your $20. I'm still going to take it out of your butt. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's kind of the issue there. So with uh, with all government property, this is all stolen property. The government owes us more than it can ever I possibly just, repay. I just hope that's not where he keeps his money. But if you then steal from the Even government, I'm going in after it. Twenty bucks is twenty bucks. <laughs> A better analogy would have been like, let's say I stole your guitar and then I sold it to this other guy over here, right? Uh, and you discover that you know. Uh, this other guy over here now has it, mm. but it's you, you still believe it's yours, is it? Yes. All right. So yeah. how do you so go what happens, about no, reobtaining your property? Once you can, once you can prove that that is your guitar, your rightful property. Yeah. Now he has to give that to you because it was never his. Yep. Now the person who sold it to him owes him whatever uh, money he gave so, him. So the onus is on the person who purchased the stolen guitar. To make to, sure that it wasn't stolen. To seek some sort of compensation for having purchased, perhaps unbeknownst to him, from the thief. stolen right. from the thief, right? Right. So, so the the justice, if you will, in this situation, free market justice works sort of backwards, linearly. Right. Okay. The thief right. is going to get his so ass now, kicked twice. So yeah. now, yeah. the thief owes him the money, right, and owes both of you for your trouble having to go through this, right? So he owes. Ultimately, he owes you a guitar. Let's say the guitar was damaged or something like that along the way, right? And you get the guitar back, but now it's not in as good a shape or whatever as it was before. He owes you for damages. So not only does the OG thief owe you for the guitar and your, we'll say, pain and suffering, you know, time lost, whatever it is. Right. uh, But then he also owes the guy whom purchased the stolen guitar because he sold them an illegitimate good. Right. Okay. Ridley? Ridley. You've confused him to silence. Ridley. 
Do his jingle. Maybe he'll respond to the launched, jingle. Someone launched him into space. Somebody, what is it? It happens to Ridley. RidleyReport.com. RidleyReport.com. All right. Nope. All right. Find out more about Mr. Ridley over at RidleyReport.com. Thank you for the call, sir. I, you know, maybe he's got a bad connection. You guys bored him to death. So I, I, I didn't hear snoring, out, uh, so I think we're safe. <laughs> so I, I said mean, death, not sleep. <laughs> like we brought up uh, censorship and... <laughs> It is getting pretty ridiculous at this point. So, um, oh, so more Dr. Ridiculous. Rand Paul, yeah, uh, put up a part of a Senate hearing, yeah, where he, a doctor, yeah. was uh, questioning the narrative put forth by these epidemiologists, yep. and YouTube took down oh, yeah. the video of a Senate hearing. Oh yeah, like I remember when that was unthinkable. Yep. This is misinformation. This is malinformation. Well, there's so many different like. Uh, prefixes now for information, misinformation, malinformation, non-information. It's right? just that they used to respect the senator's ability to lie to people. Uh, here's the thing about freedom of speech. Uh, let everybody say and publish whatever the heck they want and let everybody make up their own minds. Yeah. Right. It is the only I have, I have this unique ability to read and comprehend, which most people do. The problem is it's unique. Well, the general public does not share that well, only because it's been bred out of them. And by understood. bread, I mean brainwashed. Yeah. Well, they would rather you be predictable than they know what's really going on. Yeah. And that's the damnable truth of it. And that is a scientific fact. Well, science is settled. <laughs> Never. If it were Never. science, it wouldn't be settled. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Until we go the speed of light and I get to throw a baseball. Science is not settled. I don't, I don't. The whole point of science was not trusting experts. Okay, look, call me weird if you want, but I don't... Weird. Okay, thanks. Okay. I don't want to be in a space truck going the speed of light and throw a baseball. Mm. What I want to do is I want to be in a space truck going the speed of light and then activate my lightsaber. Mm. Because it's got the word light in it. If it goes backwards, it's going to like burn your arm off. Well, hopefully you've you know, adjusted for this particular outcome and you're not holding it in such a way that it's going to, you know, saber you in half or not something. Not if it's the first time and you're conducting an experiment. So what I thought was weird is that if you, you know, calibrated with uh, air resistance and all of that to throw your, your fastball at exactly 60 miles an hour in the opposite direction of the truck, you could get the ball to stand still. They did that on Mythbusters. And did they do it or did they bust a myth? No, they well they they confirmed that the ball will in fact stand still. Really? Like yeah. they had they had like you know the pitching machine yeah. bolted to the back of back a Tacoma, the nice. and they drove sixty miles an hour. They calibrated so it goes sixty, and they got the frame on the side, and they go poof, and the ball just stops right there, and, falls. and the truck drives away, and the ball and falls. the ball just yeah, nothing happens. Yeah, wow. I mean the ball falls right. Well, right, yeah. but the ball doesn't travel at all. Right, no, it just because it's the the two opposing. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Forces. Forces. The the forces of travel yeah. are preventing it from going anywhere because you're doing opposite things at the same time. Yep. Right. Now, it might be like an inch off here or there because yeah, the it, wind resistance sure. or whatever, yeah. but it proves the concept right. without putting that whole setup in a vacuum. You mentioned uh, Toyota Tacoma. I just have a thing for tacos. No, me too. Um, right. They are one of the best vehicles ever made. <sighs> I really, I really want like a 2014, Ooh. because that's the last year they had just the single cab. Yeah, and I don't need any of this 
four truck four door nonsense right. yeah. with I a like, three and a half foot bed. I like the ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. It could be my preference would be I'd like to find one rust free with under you know, know three hundred thousand miles on it. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, of ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight variety. Uh, I will take either a Tacoma or a Forerunner. Okay, because they're the exact same truck. All right. The difference between those two trucks in those years was just one of them had like the grocery getter SUV I want the body style. The other one had the truck bed. And I'll say this as we wrap up here: the reason trucks have gotten big is government meddling and government fuel economy regulations. True. Very true. 603-283-6160 is the phone number. If you know anything about government regulating pickup trucks, give us a call or call us for whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. Hour number two is next. Protection. Eleutheromania. The insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Talk live, no listening to the radio or the internet stream. I don't know why I'm talking like this suddenly, other than it's a little bit of fun. It's somewhere between Australian, New Zealand, and perhaps a little British. We're not really sure. I was going to guess Puerto Rican, but okay. We're not really sure where this accent comes from, but it is here nonetheless, and I'll try and stop doing that now for the sake of the forwarding of the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Got you, man. Got I mean, most back, of the really. world had a British accent at some point. So, <laughs> did they? Well, actually, the British used to have our accent. Okay. What about that? Uh, what, what do you call it? It's uh, it's in all the old like the black and white films. The, uh, it's not the New York. It's not like the Brooklyn, but it's the oh, it's the transatlantic. Okay. Accent. Oh, like the Connecticut so, people. So, like, um, transatlantic of, lives matter. <laughs> think of like uh, Alfred Hitchcock's The Rear Window. Okay. Right. Jimmy Stewart had the biggest accent. Yeah. Right. He was almost a Sean Connery in that one, right? Like, mm. you know, but like everybody else had this like North Atlantic accent that was not New York, right? It wasn't like, hey, I'm from Brooklyn, right? It was this clean, not British, but like a clean English spoken thing that happened primarily in films and television, near as I can tell, because okay. I've never met anyone that speaks in the way that these people did. But if you well, go back and, and... Even saying like British accent is kind of offensive because they have different accents based on their local geography as well. So They do, but there's a limited number. There's like six of them or okay. so, right? Uh, like, no. You know? No. No. Uh, it's weird. So there are individual neighborhoods in London that have their own accent. Uh, yes, like there's a bunch of those. However, then comma, London itself has an accent. Then the East End of London has a right, fundamentally that's like, different. That's access, like saying uh, accent. Dothan, Alabama, has a different Southern accent than Opelika, Alabama. Do it's they? True, they do. But can you tell? Uh, I could when I lived there. Not I didn't live in Alabama. I lived in Panama City, Florida, which I call Southern Alabama. You ain't from around here, is you, boy? Yeah. How could you tell, nah, boy? I'm from Duluth. Anyway, before we go on. 
Uh, this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for individual purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction. And its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a tech standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol, and it's also in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and easy to use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And a big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. That's Dash.org. All right. So uh, we do have some calls and thoughts to get to. But before we do, I just want to mention, because it seems like the mainstream media has completely ignored this. And uh, there are some, we'll call them freedom-oriented people, some voluntarists, some... Uh, anarchist types, some libertarian types that live uh, or have, you know, friends in the Acapulco, Mexico area. Uh, those of you who don't know, on October the 25th... Acapulco area? Yes. Okay. On October 25th at 1 a.m., Acapulco was hit by a massive hurricane that erupted from a mere tropical storm to a Cat 5 hurricane in hours. And then it hit Acapulco with a population of nearly one million people in the middle of the night with no warnings from the media. Uh, I only found out about this because uh, I'm I'm on like those state emergency broadcasts now, don't you? Yeah, exactly. I'm on some social media where some you know Acapulco, Mexico people are on my social media, you know, uh, and they're all like, "If you're in Acapulco, get out now, evacuate!" Like they were saying. Individual accounts on social media were like, get out, Cat5, on your way, save yourself, right? Uh, this is coming from people who probably had property in Acapulco but weren't there at the time and were like, oh, my God, this is happening, and no one's saying anything about it. So uh, a bunch of voluntarist-type people have, of course, as they do in the absence of government, people figure out ways to help each other. They've put together a website called HurricaneOtisRecovery.com. They are actively taking uh, contributions in almost any currency, including crypto. Uh, and they have teams of people now that are going around uh, getting water and food and medicine and blankets and things like that to people who need them. Uh, there was very little. There's some very odd things about this hurricane. Uh, the number one thing is, according to reports, very little rain, if any. Like, it was all wind uh, and, and turbulence okay. uh, that was doing all the destruction. Uh, they have a bunch of photos and videos up at HurricaneOtisRecovery.com. That would be interesting to see on, like, the you know, like the satellite images. Yeah. Because usually with the hurricane, you see the clouds. Right. For the rain. Right. How do, how do you, is it, it almost I, seems more like a tornado-ish where you can't really see it. Until a big, giant tornado, right? Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying if no rain and it's just swirling winds up there, how do you even how do you even identify that? So uh, those of you familiar with Jeff Berwick of uh, uh, the Dollar Vigilante, uh, this is him and his team who have put this together, uh, and they're working on getting aid out to people who, well, they actually need it. They've been going to a nearby town, 
collecting you know water and food and that kind of stuff they've been driving around finding people who are in need and you know giving out the aid firsthand uh at no charge to these people if you wish to donate you can do so at their website do you trust berwick i um, as an individual well if he's putting together donations and a rescue effort in this particular effort yes i do okay yes all right uh, you know, I would have some reservations about doing business with him person to person. He's got some reputational issues, and if he's collecting all the money... He does. Okay. Uh, however, comma, he also lives here and, and knows what the state response is going to be, which is, well, nothing. I get it. Right? Mm. And so here's an attempt by... And, you know, he's pimping it, but it's not necessarily his... Okay. Uh, he's not running the organization. He just put it together. He had the resources to do it, so he did. Unscrupulous polit- uh, profiteers are going to profiteer when the situation arises. Mm. Right, but if that's... I don't know him personally, but if that's but the I case, he's going to go around and be like, oh, can I buy your, dis- you know, your distressed property from you? That kind of a thing. And who knows if that would happen later after he collects all this money. Yeah. I'm not accusing him. I'm just saying he's got some reputation issues if you're going to be donating to a charity run by Berwick. And what I'm saying is that uh, I see no other uh, way for folks to contribute at this point. Okay. There's not a state-sponsored venue for this. And in fact, most of the media has just been silent about Hurricane Otis completely. Otis. So you do the math on that one. Uh, whereas here are, you know, some people with some meat in the game in Acapulco, uh, who have been affected, who know their neighbors and friends and family, uh, they've put something together. Uh, it's near as I can tell, you know, trust me if you want or don't, it's fine. Make up your own decision by going to hurricaneotisrecovery.com. Do your own research, figure out if you find a better way, let us know at 603-283-6160. Uh, this I is, just want there to be some balance before people go yeah. giving money and throwing money in that direction. Yeah. So uh, if it were, you know, I don't know, if a hurricane hit New Hampshire, right, I would expect uh, the libertarian community of New Hampshire, the freedom-oriented people, the voluntarists, if you will, yeah, to put something similar together and organize our own relief, uh, you know, self-distribute, all that kind of stuff, get out of the way of the governments because right. that's how you're going to deliver aid fastest to the most needy and there's probably a handful of people here locally that i would trust to operate a donation system at that scale right right not just any not just any libertarian or any mover right because there there are unscrupulous libertarians as well oh yeah sure certainly but like also there are unscrupulous statists who uh, do the same thing and all they do is collect money and never render aid to anyone exactly so you know, again, make up your own decision. Uh, if you trust government to do a thing, odds are they're not doing a thing. Yeah. Right. If you could find a better way to make a, an immediate impact, like uh, I know people who are like they're on their way or en route to Acapulco to see how they can help, like physically, okay. you know, that kind of thing. Now, some of these people are already in Mexico, but they're on the other side of Mexico. They got to go hundreds of miles before they can get right. to Acapulco and that kind of thing. So um, folks are trying to help. Uh, if you can try to help, please do, because this is an underreported event, uh, near as I can tell. So anyway, moving right along, uh, let's actually pick up, well, let's pick up Richie Rich's favorite caller. It's Skeeter calling from California. What? Hello, my bearded dumpling. It's your boy, the evolutionary capitalist and dispeller of free talk lies. 
Young Skeet. The worst, the evolutionary capitalist that we know of. He's the misspeller of Free Talk. How do you misspell Free Talk Live? Dispeller Free Talk Lies. Hey, uh, F-R-E-T-A-L-K. The The market won't implement homesteading and restitution, right? And uh, also, I have a question. If time is dependent on the observer, does that make it subjective? Got him! Got him! I mean, you got to give us time to respond. I'll let Peakless take this because he's more educated on the whole time phenomenon. Well, it is relative. Time is relative. So it is subjective. All right. So it's value. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so value is relative, but it's still objective. Yeah. It's relative yeah. is a subset of objective, and value is not subjective. Well, so here's the thing: well, when, is when I Did you when I value a thing, that actually brings it into the objective reality. So okay. when you like, no. you can see my well. <laughs> shh, 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 shh. <laughs> So when you can see my actions, you can tell the value behind that. So the actions are the expression of the value. So the value itself no. becomes objective. Your mind no doesn't bring in value to, into the world as just like it doesn't with color. Your mind only perceives value. No, no, no. So, the mind actually does bring yeah. color into existence. It does not, however, bring wavelength yeah, into stupid. existence. The so wavelength if, uh, exists objectively. Forest, Color is subjective. Uh, he's talking it. over people already. I've had enough of that. All right, moving on. Moving on. But yeah, color is actually subjective, whereas wavelength is not. Okay. I just, I don't, I don't know if I want to argue about it, but I still value is subjective, and I'm trying to make the jump between your subjective value manifesting into an objective reality. Well, because of action. It's human okay. action that uh, makes uh, the objective part of value. Okay. So it is generated subjectively, but it manifests objectively. Okay. So how do I, how can I objectively tell what you value or how much you value it without a transaction? Oh, you can't. Current. Okay. Like, if you if you can't observe any of my actions, then you cannot determine what the values are. Are we so it's it's sort of like uh, uh, if I look outside, I can't see the air, but if I see a leaf move, I can deduce the current of air that okay. is moving the leaf. Okay, even though I can't observe directly the air, so it is with value. With it being generated subjectively, you can't directly see my value, but you okay. can figure out what that value is by the movements of me. Okay, I are, are is there a are we separating terms as far as like value and motivation? Like I, you, you, you take an action. I don't know what the motive is behind the action, nor do I know what you value based on that action. Well, like, you, oh, Lee went to the grocery store today. Well, I have no idea why. If you, I mean, you can look outside. You can see a leaf move. Right. Now you might not get the, you might not figure out that the air current is thus and so. Or you might figure out that the air current was thus and so. Okay. In the same way, you can look at my actions, and you might figure out what my values are. Right. And you might not figure out what my values are. Okay. But regardless of my ability to figure it out, they exist in reality. Right. All right. All right. Let's let's look I at mean, this. The strange thing is, it is literally our creative potential, because it is the one thing that human beings literally create. 
Like we figuratively create, but when we say we create a thing, we're not literally creating. We're taking elements that do exist, combining them in a novel way, but we don't literally create what wasn't there out of nothing else. Well, Whereas value, we literally create out of nothing. Sort of. Okay, let's, sort of. Let, let's dumb it down for, well, me and okay. like some listeners. We all have uh, some sort of a drinking receptacle in front of us. Right. Uh, yours, Peakless, is, uh, uh, it, they all look thermal in some way. Yours has a uh, sort of a sliding top. So when you slide it away, it opens up a, an opening for you to you know pour a beverage into your face. Mine has a flip top. So it actually flips up and it locks down into place. So that when I, you know, tip it over, inevitably it doesn't spill everywhere. You should get an extension for that thing that looks like a middle finger. And Richie Rich has one that has the protrusion coming out of it. Sort of the the male thing, if you will, the male end. So that when he tips his bottle towards his face, uh, it pours right down his gullet. Now. Mine has a straw. I actually have to suck on this because I also sometimes feel limp-wristed. Okay. (laughs) Now that that's out in the open. (laughs) Officially. We let's just pretend that each of us uh, chose our certain top for our beverage receptacles because we value them differently. Okay. Yes, right. You valued your style more than his style, more than my style. I value my style more than his style, more than your style. He values his style more than my style and your style. Right? Maybe. Well, is by that, virtue so like, of my choice, you, is that you know, not subjective? Well, if you know for sure that we had that I had the option <laughs> to choose your style for yes. mine, then yeah, I've demonstrated my preference. Okay, so I think ba- the way we are having the discussion as relates to your example, right? We each value it differently. That's yes. the subjective valuation, right? Mm-hmm. But we can observe objectively that we've made some choice based on our subjective valuation, right? Okay, can you arbitrarily, or at least for the sake of example, put dollar figures on these values? I I paid. Assuming we had mm. choice, right? You I, went to the store to pick out your cup. You went to the same store to pick up yours. I went to the same store to pick up mine. They had all three models available. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a way of, of measuring the value itself. So if I like this top, and we, okay, we've decided, we've figured out, I like this top better. Mm-hmm. Now, if I could have gotten your top, but this top was $1 more, and I was willing to pay it, then we have an objective uh, scale of at least $1 is how much I prefer this top. Okay. Now, if it's $1.50 and I'm not willing to pay that, then my value can be measured at somewhere between a dollar and a dollar fifty for whatever that's worth at that moment. Sure. So if my style of beverage container topper was five bucks more than than both y'alls, uh, but I chose it anyway. Then you have at least that much value of that. Right. To me, the extra $5 is worth it subjectively because it's my preference and I was willing to pay more. Right. Okay. And I think right. with the creation of value, uh, we always say like, oh, you know, you got you to create value. You got to provide value. You got to add value to the marketplace. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you really don't know if you have until someone buys your stuff fact right okay like you you create the the most beautiful painting in the world mm-hmm. and no one buys it it's a tribute it's a tri- <laughs> you create a tribute to, to the, the most, most beautiful painting, painting in the world, in the world yes. and no one buys it you know it's it has value it has subjective value to you right because you created it but there's no way to manifest that because no one else is willing to pay you for it right all right 
Right. Now, if I come along and I say, I'll give you a dollar for that painting, and you don't sell it to me, then you've demonstrated that it has at least that much value to you. Yep. At least a dollar's worth to me, and not any more to you. Right. Or we negotiate up to find out where, where, where do we actually value it. Right. And if we, you know, if we come together, then it's one way or the other. Right. And in a lot of cases, the, the value is based on, well, I think I can get 20 bucks for that painting. So, I, but it, it'll take me like uh, a, a dollar's worth of effort. So I'm not going to be willing to go over 18 bucks for this painting. And then if someone else is like, no, I can get 50 bucks for that painting. So they can outbid me. It has a higher subjective value to them, and it ends up with them. And if they're right, then everyone wins. Okay, so and that's also why rich people launder money through the art world. Well, okay. Oh yeah. Well, that's so. Speaking of art, um, let's take uh, Captain Kickass music for example. So over at CaptainKickass.com, you can visit my website. You can see you know three music videos from the EP that I put out. You can listen to all three songs for free. There's no charge. You can go to, uh, there's a link to click on that sends you to my Bandcamp page where you can either, you can spend 20 bucks and you can download the EP immediately. You can spend 20 bucks, you can download the EP and receive a physical uh, custom branded USB card with it. That's what I did. For the same amount of money, right? But yet there's extra value there because you get a physical piece. Right, well, there's extra of, product there. Well, there's extra right, right. product. So, so that's one of the things but, is, but is they might have a negative a, value. Like, nah, that'll just be clutter in my apartment, so I'm not going to get that, and I'm glad that I don't have to receive that. Right. So hence, I stop buying DVDs. Hence right? the reason for the difference in, in the product offering. Like, if you just want the music digitally, you can get that, download it, save it to your device, boom, it's yours. Right? But if you want something that says, hey, I got a thing, and you want a physical thing to show people, you can also get the custom USB card. I also have things up there where, like, you can get the downloads, the custom USB card, a the T-shirt, and two packs of rolling papers for 40 bucks. right? So it's double the cost. So it's instead of 20 bucks, it's 40 bucks. But the, the value add, if you will, at least in terms of marketing speak, is that you're also getting a T-shirt in your size, and you're also getting... Uh, two packs of Captain Kickass branded rolling papers. And for someone to purchase that means they value that combination at $40 or greater. Right. Or is like, man, that's a good deal. Right. That Something would be the or greater. That's that's the idea behind right. even offering the bundle. I would have paid $50 for this, but you're offering it for 40 right. Deal, sir. Right. I mean, I was selling t-shirts for 30 bucks at Pork and Fork at the festival. So I figure 40 bucks for the full meal deal is a reasonable offer yeah. for that kind of thing. Uh, it is that ironically it means you don't value it all that much as other people might. That you, was, you want to get rid of it. That was going to be my ask is like, am I valuing this subjectively to my preference as a guy who's into music, who mm-hmm. buys music, listens to music, right? Like to me, mm. this is about what I would want to pay for this type of a thing. Like the so full it's meal a good deal. start so here. Point. We're, we're kind of getting into a uh, uh, marginal value, right? So if you're in the middle of a desert, that first bottle of water is going to be priceless to you. You'll pay a thousand dollars. I'm going to die. But that thousandth bottle of water right. is kind of worthless to you. So you have a bunch of these. So that first one might be extremely valuable. In fact, I know for a fact that you put in tremendous effort to get that first copy. Yep. 
But once you had that first copy, that second copy is nowhere near as valuable. But if you can sell that to someone else, you would rather have the money because you have more than your your marginal value. Right. Okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Did you catch all that skater? I, I it, like it was like I like to relate everything to what I call the tangible. Right. I'm a uh, uh, what do you call it? I'm a tactile learner. So that means, like, I can listen to theory and read books all day long and learn a thing and recite it. But until I actually put my hands on it and do it, I don't really kind of, it doesn't set in until I'm I'm tactile. I'm, I'm implementing the thing that I've learned, right? right? That's when it really sets in. So more coming up. The new fourth edition of Healing Our World, The Compassion of Libertarianism, will take your understanding of liberty to a deeper level and has over 1,300 updated references, new cartoons, and a forward by Dr. Ron Paul. With discounts for multiple book purchases, the fourth edition of Healing Our World is a great gift for the liberals, pragmatists, environmentalists, and Christians in your life who think libertarianism is cold-hearted. Get yours today at healing.freetalklive.com and use promo code FTL for a $5 discount. Now play it in reverse. (laughs) Very good. Yeah, well done. It's almost almost accurate. You're supposed to say, like, this is Free Talk Live. The number is 603. Oh, like Mac Basking? Yeah. Back Masking? Sorry. What did I say? Mac Basking? Yeah. That's different. That's where you take the first syllable. There's a word for that, too. I bask in that Macery. What is I was, it? When you take the first syllable of a word and flip it with the first syllable of the next word, there's a term for that. Oh, spoonerisms. Spoonerisms. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. I was thinking more like Judas Priest and playing the record backwards for satanic messages. Yeah. That was uh, actually on Sticks, Mr. Roboto. Okay. There's a, I mean, many artists have done backmasking, which is where they record something backwards and then play it on a record, and the only way for you to decipher it is to take and play it backwards. Um, or Beastie Sticks, Boys with the 808 drum machine. Right, yeah. Slayer did it, Black Sabbath did it, Queen did it, Sticks did it. I know the Sticks one because I used to own the album Mr. Roboto, and I played it backwards to find out, well, what the heck does this say? And it is, uh, if you look at it, do you have a dollar bill on you? Maybe. Do you have a dollar bill on you? Always. Uh, uh, can you bust one out? And around the ring of the um, the pyramid with the eye, there's some Latin, and and that's what it says. It's like annunit queptus novus or dosiclorum or something mm-hmm. like that. And so that's what they recorded. Yeah, annuit annuit queptus uh, novus or dosiclorum. Uh, yeah, so they recorded that yeah. backwards. And then played oh. it on their album. So it sounded like... But if you played it backwards, it says... Novus right? And I don't know what that means. Uh, so Novus Ordo Seclorum is uh, a new order of the ages. We're just uh, passing dollars around here, Richie. It's like, fine. <laughs> I used to do that in, in bars as a bar trick. People would be doing like bar tricks for money or whatever. And they'd be like, okay, okay, you got a, you got a $5 bill on you? I got a great trick to show you. And, and you're like, okay, here. And you hand me a $5 bill. And then I fold it up all really neat into like, you know, a little tiny triangle or a rectangle or something. And then I hold it up in front of you. And I go, okay, now watch this. And then I unfold it, right? And I hold it up in front of you and I go, is this the same $5 bill you just gave me? 
And you go, yeah, it is. I'm like, thanks. And I put it in my pocket. Nice. <laughs> Dave you. Dave you is yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. key word there, yeah. You I'm, also have to be like able to defend yourself to pull that one off. Because you might get punched. You might. In elementary school. And you school. might deserve it. Yeah. In elementary school, I snatched a dollar out of a kid's wallet when he opened up his wallet to like make sure he had lunch money. And then I made sure to like stand behind him in the lunch line. So when he went to go pay for it, he opened up his wallet again. The money wasn't there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, here, dude, you can have a dollar or whatever, you know, however much lunch costs. He's like, ah, I don't know what happened. It was just there. And then after he paid for his lunch, I told him that I, I snatched it and gave it back. Nice. But he didn't see me snatch Is it. Is that was, nice? The most impressive part was like how quick I wasn't even like, you know, oh. trying to hide it. He just opened up his wallet, peeked in there, oh. and I just snatched it. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Joa of Breaking the Flaw. Uh, he's a uh, He's a YouTuber. He goes okay. around and does, uh, what do you call it, uh, auditing? First, First Amendment, Amendment auditing. Yep. Uh, he just sent me a photo of some unknown person uh, using the Captain Kickass rolling papers. Nice. So, yeah, nice. that's pretty sweet. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. Oh, and Enuit uh, Coptis is uh, He Blesses Our Endeavors. What's the rest of it? Oh, the other one is uh, Novus Ordisiclorum is New Order of the Ages. Hmm, interesting. The concept of that particular record, and it was a concept album, was uh, one of um, where sort of robots had replaced, you know, most of the mm, menial jobs, right? Uh, janitorial stuff, right? Uh, sidewalk sweeping, street sweeping, cleaning toilets, right? All that kind of a stuff. But like uh, uh, the world had sort of turned into this. Uh, mm, post-apocalypse sort of, uh, you know, authoritarian, you know, run thing. And there was this guy named Kilroy, and he was like the rebel. Mm -hmm. And, like, you knew that he was the rebel by he left a sign that said Kilroy was here, right, and a little face that he drew or whatever. And so they incorporated that into this album. The album from front to back, it's, I mean, it sounds like it's from the mid-'80s, so, like, be forewarned because it's got those tones and, you know, a lot of keyboards and all that kind of stuff. But... The concept of the album in and of itself, the fact that it is a concept album from like 1985 or something, is just in and of itself spectacular. Uh, and then they incorporate sort of these Orwellian concepts into the album as well, which I find to be pretty great. Um, Kilroy Was Here is the name of the album, of course. Uh, and it's kind of about, in some ways, it's about this guy who, like, you know, is helping people to sort of escape the matrix. Okay. If you will, before the Matrix was even, you know, a, a movie. So before that term was common. Uh, but he ended up like hiding himself inside of one of these robots and pretending he was a robot to like get by and get around and, you know, help people out of their situations and that kind of thing. Can relate. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, I looked into that because like it was the only album I owned at some point that had back masking on it. Okay. My parental units wouldn't allow me, if you will, to purchase Black Sabbath, uh, you know, and some of these other, you know, more sort of... I'm more uh, curious about how Peakless can relate. Oh, pretending to be a robot to get by w around other robots? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he's got a job now, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I mean, we all can relate to that when it comes I mean, to Basically, that's, that's what I escaped eh, to maybe. New Hampshire from. Okay. I mean, I know I did, right? right. Like, I mean... Can I still, every job that I've ever had, though, has required me to act, right? And I mean, like, become an actor, okay? not like act on my responsibilities. I mean, like, you can't just be yourself when you go to work for somebody. 
Oh. Right? You can't just say the things you want to say. You can't just dress the way you want to dress. You can't just, uh, you know, verbalize the things. You can't, you know, you, you, you have, you make an agreement of sorts. Yeah. And you agree to behave in certain ways as part of that agreement. Uh, most often when it comes to getting employment. And and if you don't, you're going to hear about it from HR. Okay. Right? And this I is guess usually the way it goes. I, 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 you're probably right for most people. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like I've worked a job where that mattered too much. Like I'm always okay getting fired. Like okay. I don't care. Yeah. I'll, I'll go get another job. Yeah. So I, feel like in general in situations that matter um i am like my true authentic self that's good very few people can find that particularly when employed well it's because i'm not worried about not being employed right right you want to fire me fire me right but i i also you know people don't like hearing this i i'm employed but i still consider myself like self-employed as an independent contractor right like i will go to the highest bidder Right. I will perform the task at the rate we agreed to, but I will go do that for someone willing to pay me more. You know? So what I tend to find when I'm working an ordinary job is that if I let people know about my perspective of government, it creates great distance between us socially. Okay. Like, I basically have to pretend that I am not aware that the biggest bully in the room is not actually my friend. Okay. No, my boss knows I'm a free stater. That's good. Yeah. And and the idea, of course, Job with, security. The idea, of course, with he's uh, not a free stater. Doesn't like us at all. But he, you know, he was like besmirching the good name, and I had to step in and correct him, and so I did. Well, and that's good. So that kind of uh, by default makes you a bit of an advocate, right? That I is to say so. that that you're showing people that free staters are capable, competent, able to be employed, they do the yeah. job, right? You know, all that kind of a thing. Uh, whereas uh, some people are like, oh, those guys are scumbags or whatever, right? You know, it yeah. depends on the perspective. But at one, at one, you know, early on when I was a few months, I've been there over a year now, but early on, you know, I, I showed up to work with like a little under the weather and a cough and a sneeze or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, I think you're going to have to wear the mask. And I went, uh, I'm going to challenge that. You know, I don't, I don't want to. He goes, well, let me go talk to the owner. And it was like, well, okay, just don't go upstairs because there's an immunocompromised lady upstairs Yeah. until you're better. I'm like, deal. Right? But if they said, like, wear the mask, I would I would have quit. You'd have been like, mm, okay. Don't think I will. Right. You know, yeah. I'll go find someplace yeah. else. Yeah. And you have so, to have that. You have to have your line no matter what the situation is, right? Yeah. Uh, particularly when it comes to employment because, yeah. like, you shouldn't be asked to do certain things, and if you are, then you have to make a judgment call. And this is right. why we have the dream of FU money. Yes. Is because when you reach the point that you have FU money, you can draw your line wherever you want to. Right. Whereas uh, when, when masking was required, I was not in a position that I could make my rent and feed myself yeah. without that job. Right. So I could not make the moral stand of saying no. I will not put this on. You can either fire yeah. me or you can let me do, go about my life like it was a week ago. Yeah, even even the job I was working at when that was a thing, right? Like one time the maintenance dude came in and he had like the plexiglass and I, I was the facility manager and I went, you know, and the owner sent him, right? Yeah. He was like working for, on behalf of the owner. I was like, 
do I get a choice to say no? He goes, you can say whatever you want. And I go, I don't want it. And then he put it back in his truck and he drove off. And then like two weeks later, he came back with the plexiglass and I'm, I'm like, you're back. <laughs> He's like, I'm like, do I still get a choice to say no? He went, no, this time it's got to go up. And I said, well, can you put it in front of the desk over there? Yeah. The desk that I don't sit at to my <laughs> left. And he said, sure, put it whatever you want. I went, well, then put it over there. So he put it in front of the desk that nobody sat at, that nobody used, yeah. and I still had no plexiglass in front of me. Nice. So, you know, what that do we do? That sounds like a healthier environment. It was. and But if he had put it in front of me, I would have moved or I to would have- that other desk. Or I would have <laughs> right. rearranged the office in such a way that there was this random plexiglass right. Yeah. right? until such time that they fired me. Right. And then they'd have no one to run the facility for uh, whatever in-between time that was. And then they'd have to figure out uh, legally whether or not firing you was- you know, appropriate or not. Whatever. Right, I yeah. mean, it's at will. I don't usually challenge those things. If they don't want me, sure. I don't want them. But yeah. 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 But I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do it. Right. Regardless of how they tried to structure it. Uh, let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. We've got Navid calling from New Mexico. David? David? You might have spoonerized that. Uh, maybe. David? I thought it was purposeful. Navid? David? 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 You're, you're on. I can't hear you. Did you unmute him? Are you muting? Oh, let's check. Nope, he's unmuted. Okay. At least from here. Perhaps he muted himself. If you can hear me, David, call us back. We'll try and get you on. Somebody sprayed a can of David be gone. I want to move on because you guys have brought in some fantastic show prep. I don't know why, at some point, I fell off the reading of the LewRockwell.com bandwagon. Oh, yeah, because they turn into, like, Trumpers and very right-wing and very closed borders and very... That that sounds like a a reasonable uh, assumption as to why I might have fallen off of that bandwagon. For a long time, I read a bunch of Lou Rockwell. I'd listen to his podcasts. They were much more libertarian. Far more. four, Four or five years ago. Ten years ago, even right. This is how long ten years ago they, yeah. they, they've been around. But this actually comes from LouRockwell.com, and I was surprised to see it in show prep for that reason. Uh, the title of this is "There is no legitimate role for any government or rule." Now, hard stop. Period. Uh, like I didn't even need to read an article, right? Yeah. I'm like that really sums it up pretty nicely. I agree. I agree with this statement. There is no legitimate role. For Any Government or Rule by Gary D. Barnett, written October 28th, 2023. And so I was like, oh, I can stop there. But I was like, wait, no, this is show prep, so I should probably at least gander at the content. I started reading through this thing, and like I could immediately imagine me reading it on the radio. And like not only reading it, but going, yes, these are... All of the things I have been saying, I would like to say, I would say again, if I could put them all down onto a a short article that was easily digestible for people to read and hear and listen to and see or whatever, I would do that. And so I think it deserves some time here tonight. Uh, The article starts, recently I wrote about a world gone mad, and now I understand that my title was a a gross understatement. Madness indicates psychotic behavior, but what's going on today, while most assuredly psychotic, is also intentional, completely planned, and being implemented with full consciousness by evil forces. To make matters worse, the pathetic masses are taking sides, fomenting hate, supporting their chosen masters, and tearing apart all that is right, thus allowing this insane tyranny and carnage to continue unabated. 
If one was to step aside and take stock of this insanity, he would at once be faced with the reality of the heinous agendas being pursued, but few are willing to take that step. Most all continue to look toward the complicit and abhorrent state to save them from the premeditated and monstrous policies being pursued by all governments at the behest of their controlling overlords. Religion has always been a control mechanism used to subdue the crowd, so it is no surprise that the worship of the state by its subjects is reverent in nature. The state and the church throughout time have acted as one, both seeking compliant and devoted followers. This is why I'm pessimistic of getting of the necessity of getting the vast majority of people on board with freedom and liberty. Yeah. Like in order for us to be free, we must get everyone else their freedom as well. And I'm, no, you know, if I'm the runaway slave, right, on the plantation and I'm like hitting that underground railroad and somebody's like, well, it's too scary for me. I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want to drag him with me. Right. Nor do I want, nor am I going to stick around uh, you know, because he's not on board with freedom yet. Well, the fact of the matter is that he is likely to drag you back. Yes, you're correct. So I, but th- that doesn't make him my friend. Right. That also makes him my well, enemy. So, well, so th- there is there is a truth to the idea that until everyone is free, none of us will be completely free. I, there is a truth to that, but it's not a practical kind of truth. Like, uh, there's this um, I, this unattainable goal of, like, absolute freedom. Yes. Right? Nobody can really quite define that. But what I say all the time, and it has some nuance to it, is that I want to be as free as I possibly can. And in order for me to be as free as I possibly can, I need everybody else to also be as free as they possibly can. That doesn't necessarily mean everybody has to have absolutely freedom. They just need to be as free as they possibly can. But the guy on the plantation doesn't want that freedom. Uh, he could I'd be say, freer if he came with me. He's a house slave. He doesn't want it. Right? And, yeah. you know? and I'd say that while you're right, there's like an inverse uh, distance rule, right? So the people who are closest to you, and I don't mean necessarily physically, but frequently physically, like the people who are in your direct community, mm-hmm. if they are as free as they can possibly be, yeah. even though the people who are not in your direct community are not as free as they could be, that will have the greatest effect on your freedom. Yes. Uh, this was the plot all along, the article continues, as history will certainly support. This is why the ruling class through its controlled government has always been the people's church, and the government agents have always sought to be seen as gods by the collective hordes of votaries. That's voters to you people. All power seekers have to destroy the idea of individualism, self-sufficiency, critical thinking, and independent sovereignty in order to be seen as superior to the members of the dependent herd. This is tenant or this tenant is mandatory for rule of one over another to exist and it has been accomplished throughout time. Uh, paraphrasing here, uh, they need to eliminate freedom in order to have you uh, submit to collectivism, their version of collectivism. Yeah. One of the o- main otherwise you're the one speaking out against it, going against it. Right, poisoning their well right. and their batch of apples. Right. One of the main goals of government 
is to place itself and its illegitimate authority above all others in society, thereby eliminating the possibility of critical scrutiny or prosecution from immoral and illegal acts. Government does not only rule, they make and enforce all of the laws, laws that are meant only for the lowly people, not for those in power. Many of those who pretend to be anti-state will preach that all in government should be held to the same standard as the plebiscites. But they completely disregard reality. Government always and forever protects itself at all costs by controlling every aspect of what is referred to as law and justice. Well, it's a good platitude, right? If we're, if we're going to have law, it should be equally enforced. It's a platitude, it is. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? It would be. It would be. It means you can speed and the cop can't catch you. And I, if you are in a market where what you're offering is justice, that is a feature that people find very valuable. So you would get, that is what we would do if we had the choice. See, the, the, okay, I hear what you're saying and I want to believe that, but in the marketplace of ideas, the ideas of freedom and liberty are losing bad and getting worse. Are they now? I think so. Maybe not oh, in com- our like, insulated I, circle. Oh, I completely disagree. Okay. So, uh, first and foremost, the source of information is no longer some monolith. It's not the five companies that run every television because no one watches television. I mean, the boomers still do. But like okay. the vast majority of people go seeking out their information from multiple sources, frequently unofficial or unmainstream sources. Celebrity influencers towing the party line. Okay, sure. It's better than it was. It is moving in the correct direction. So our information is decentralized in origin. That's new. Uh, the the uh, money technology that is currently taking off is a fundamentally anarchist infrastructure. So in quite a number of ways, we are, in fact, moving in the right direction. I'm not saying that freedom is winning, right? In in fact, I would say the ideas of freedom, voluntarism, consent in all things, right? We should all interact on an individual basis with consensual agreements, right? Um, uh, all of that is a great idea. I'm not saying that it's winning, though, because clearly it's not. However, there has been growth just in the last mm, 20 years or so, right? The dawn of the Internet, the information age, right? Uh, anarchist thought isn't new. There have been plenty of books written about it From like the 1400s. Previously. Right, yeah. So it, it's not new. It's just the availability of the information is now new, at okay. least in the last right. 20 years or so. Right. And so because of that, the ideas of freedom, anarchy, libertarianism, voluntarism, uh, consent in all things, like if you bundle that all into, you know, freedom, if you will, uh, that has seen growth just in the last 20 years. Okay, so here's a, a big one. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Now, that is the standard belief. Like, the vast majority of people believe some version or another of that. Right. Now, that is a suppressed idea. That's new. They've never had to suppress the mainstream belief before. So, yeah, we are actually moving in the right direction. Yeah. Winning, however, whole different argument, right? Uh, has the ideas of freedom seen growth? Yes. Uh, is it winning? No. 
I would oh. say no because it's just such a small like like what do we have to show for you know the progress that has been made? Well, the Free State Project, right? 10% we've, we've got uh, we've got some homeschooling. We've got some anarchist enclaves here and there. We've got some statistics that we can show that yes, definitely growth has happened. Okay, but we're certainly not winning we're not dominating we're not you know 50 percent. we're not even uh, what do they say three percent for a societal change right you know mm-hmm. you want to end like slavery or something you got to change the minds of three percent of the population right we're not there we're definitely not there so not even close no no so we're not winning but the ideas are growing oh i think estimation. we are winning i completely think that we're winning i, I hope so, we win yes so uh for example uh world war three is like one of the last things they have to scare us with because that's the thing. All of these control structures are founded on fear. Yeah. Well, of the three people in this room, you're probably the most scared of World War Three actually breaking out. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. But the fact is they're, they're using it. It's one of their last cards that they can play. Okay. So they're no longer holding on to some scare tactics that they're not using. But they're, they're not pulling desperate. out- They're desperate. They're not pulling out World War Three because there's an abundance of individuals uh, clamoring for more freedom and liberty. No, but it's what they're worried about, and the potential is becoming more and more likely. Look at look at Argentina. Like I don't know if you've seen the like fire and brimstone hatred of the state that that man expresses. He came in second. Uh, okay, they're doing a runoff election. They're doing a runoff election, yeah. but he didn't even like all the talk that we had last weekend about you know the fact that he might win, and if they if he won, then they do a runoff to make sure he lost. He didn't even win. Well, maybe. No, he there's, didn't. No, there's a lot of voter there's suppression There's a runoff. There. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. 603. And the voter suppression comes from the state. And even coming in second, have we ever come close to that? 603-283-6160 is the phone number if you'd like to join us. Our number three of Free Talk Live still to come. Okay. Uh, we've been talking about things offline here in case you folks listening are wondering, did I just jump in and have a conversation? Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. You did. Uh, these conversations sort of never end here at Free Talk Live. Uh, at some point, somebody suggested, I think it was during the Crypto 6 raid or the aftermath of that, where we had, uh, I think, Joe from Breaking the Flaw was in here with his a YouTube camera, and the only way we could broadcast was by just him broadcasting. Oh, yeah. That was the, like the day one of the raid. That yeah. was the day of the raid and after so, all the equipment went missing. And so there was, there was, a, day, cut. There, there was a day where um, not only did we actually get Free Talk Live back on the air and we're broadcasting, but uh, during the breaks, if you went over to Breaking the Flaw, Joe's YouTube channel, you could hear the conversation during the break as well. And somebody went ahead and eventually sewed those two things together so that you heard the actual radio broadcast, but then we took the audio of Joa's uh, YouTube camera and cut that in during the break so that uh, you know as you're watching like the Odyssey replay or whatever, you can hear the conversation during the breaks. We haven't nice. made any progress on that. I always thought that should be an amp perk. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and many folks have voiced that same thing. Hopefully, in the future, we can incorporate things like that into these ideas. But at any rate, it is Free Talk Live. The telephone number is 
616-870-6160. In the studio tonight, it's... Bakeless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. And I am your host, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass, uh, in the first chair tonight. All right. I, I know I didn't do the whole thing. But I know, you told me it was a Sunday thing to do yeah, the whole thing. That's like, why I didn't do the whole okay. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I was waiting for him to I was, finish. I was looking at you. Like, you're like, you're like mm, I remember. Is he do it? I yeah. remember. Right. Uh, we've been talking about this article. I found that inauthentic. Which part? <laughs> <laughs> that he's not the authentic. That, that didn't okay. say authentic in the okay. Or do the Buckshot Esquire, if you will. Uh, nice. But now Neighbors. that I've said both of those, I vicariously have completed. Tune in tomorrow night to hear it concisely done in one take, yes, if indeed. you will. At, at, at the first as hour, too. At the first hour as well. Oh, he needs that. No, that's mine. Oh. Yeah. Yours is as it, as, as it were. Uh, as yeah. it were, right, yes. Richie Rich, as it were. I mean, I came up with the long one. I'll share it with you off air because I promised I'd only do it once on air. Ooh. Oh, okay. All right, that's fair. Got to keep your promises. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking about this article from LewRockwell.com. There is no legitimate role for any government or rule. Uh, and it has been focused on, uh, you know, basically the illegitimacy of authority and what exactly government does. It goes on to say government controls the executive, the Congress, the courts, including what is referred to as the Supreme Court. It controls the police, the military, and all aspects of total regulation of people and commerce. Those involved in this fraud will rarely, if ever, be investigated or held to account for criminal activity because they own and control all of the judicial systems. Asking for the state to police itself is ludicrous beyond sanity. One cannot be charged for investigating or prosecuting himself, so the oligarchs are safe in their separation from the common man. Yeah, the cops with their uh, internal affairs division. And what's the uh, uh, qualified immunity? Oh yeah, right. That's the big, the big nomenclature. The uh, what was the word? I'm for allowed the, to for do the it. Words, the long words. The sesquipedalian Ses- words. The sesquipedalian. Nine. Yes, yes. Those who scream for the government to investigate or police itself, to set up commissions to find truth, to limit its power voluntarily, to prosecute and punish its members for crimes or to abide by some ridiculous constitution that they alone drafted, are utter fools who have not the ability to think clearly or apply any logic, reason, or honesty concerning these matters. They should be ignored, laughed at, and abandoned by any thinking individual. They should be, but they outnumber us, and they vote. What this boils down to concerning the state is this. Most everything is a lie. Most everything is propaganda. Most everything detrimental is planned in advance and intentionally executed. Many, if not most, evil acts are false flags. Most everything government does is criminal. Most every action and adverse event is purposefully staged and a scam. You're the conspiracy theorist, generally peak list. Uh, the, Excuse me. Okay. Conspiracy realist. Okay. The, 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 uh, the main shooter. The main shooter? Conspiracy, false flag. M-A-I-N-E, not M-A-I. Oh, the main shooter. Oh, Any... I, I haven't looked into it yet. Okay. I I scarcely know that there was a shooter in Maine, and like the news has just been like, main shooter, main shooter, main shooter, main shooter. And like I've seen like uh, 
some politicians okay. uh, saying things like, we must take away your guns. That's the part of, of this. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, never let a good crisis go to waste. Okay. Uh, so they are doing everything. In the, so let's, let's, let's take this at, at face value. All right. They are doing everything in their power to make us insane all of the time. Right. From time to time, it works. So you get a guy like this, whichever random shooter, pick a guy. So well, this happens, and it serves as a way to go, see, this is why you have to be ruled by us. You need to give up more of your liberties, your powers, so that we can keep you all right. safe. They, they brought up the fact that he used an AR-15. You know the co- the yeah. common modern sporting rifle. Yeah, oh, and this and this goes back to what I've been saying about like we're actually on the edge of victory here. That's why they're going so nuts. Like they usually don't bo- they don't they don't scare the right wingers with the possibility of losing their guns because that puts them in opposition to the government. But now they're doing red flag laws left and right. They're they're making a health emergency in New Mexico so that they can tell you you're not allowed to have a gun in Albuquerque. Yeah. Like they're actually going after this stuff because we're close. So yeah, they're okay. they're going to use the main shooter as uh well, he's using an AR fifteen. You guys can't have these. You can't be trusted with these. Only we can be trusted with these. And just so everybody knows, that's that's five more than the AR ten. <laughs> it's five more you can confuse people <laughs> don't make it harder than it has to be but if you, it, it if you have an ar-15 the- and don't have an ar-10 go get yourself an ar-10 as well no do you just need to get an ar-5 to go along with your ar-10 and then you so put if them i attach together my ar-5 have, to my ar-10 if you it just, becomes an ar-15 right it's like a mecha gun you just duct tape them together <laughs> and I'm being facetious. Wait, yes. so can I take it apart like they did in Johnny Mnemonic and like I've got this rifle and I just take this off, this off, this <laughs> off, this off. You're, now I've got a pistol. You're you're being facetious, but there's a YouTube channel that I follow and they do cursed gun images and it's weird stuff like that. <laughs> Is it like the uh, the the iconic? Uh, it's it's spread out on a bed, but it's just camera equipment in the shape of like. You know, what no. people commonly yeah. refer to as an assault rifle. Yeah. Nobody and, should own all this stuff. Right. And it's just yeah. like Nobody a camera and a tripod stuff. and a yeah. you know, stand and a No, bag no. This, and- this is actual, like, the uh, the the Smith and Metheson guy. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a whole, you know, it's pe- like 10, 10 minutes periodic episodes of just the worst cobbled together firearms you've ever seen. Oh, God. You know, like, did someone actually try to fire this? Wow. You know, who who would do this? But you see, does he have a perfectly blo- good. blooper reel? <laughs> does he, have a uh, he, he runs like a little blooper reel at the end of the episode. Okay. Okay. That's all right. So like this article was saying at the beginning of it, running for this Congress is a, a, it's a religious structure, and we mere it mortals is. can't be trusted with an AR-15. They're too powerful. We have to let the gods have the AR-15. Right. To anyone who says... Yeah, get uh, an AR-10. It's better. To anyone who says guns are the problem... Get a Galil. It's to- the best. Because it's an Israeli weapon? No, no, because it uses the NATO round, which is the the most common round on Earth, and it is as unlikely to stop working as an AK-47. Okay. To anyone who says, uh, guns are the problem, we need to get rid of guns, uh, I I implore you to take that first step uh, via government and have government lay down their guns first. Mm. Show us how it's done. 
Show us that you can solve problems without your guns. Show us that you can protect uh, your own selves, yeah. much less us, uh, without any guns. Show us that uh, you know you can come to uh, agreements with other countries, with other people, uh, without the use of guns, without the use of bombs. Also a platitude, because there there are other countries that have disarmed their citizens, right, and for the most part disarmed the police, right? Well, like the, the cops in Britain don't carry guns halt, on a daily. Or Elio, halt again. Right. You know, <laughs> Finland, less the least amount of firearm deaths. They're, I think I believe they're generally unarmed on the police force because the population doesn't fear them, and they don't fear the population. So th- there are examples of, like, disarmed policing that seems to work in other countries. There are examples of a lot of things that work only in Finland. Okay. But the, the model is there for, like, like see, it works there. You like can Finns? have the guns here. Like Finns? Do they work in Finland? They do. Okay. They do. Uh, let's, They're called the laboring population of the country. Let's go to your calls and thoughts. Uh, someone who's not a Finn, it's Major Payne calling from Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, Major. Um, well, let's see. Oh, you, At first you were talking about uh, selling ounces and, you know, grams and the metric system and whatnot. Yeah. Well, I got to thinking about that. Back when I first started smoking pot, there were still some old hippies selling lids. You know what a lid is? <laughs> How many joints are in a lid? Two. Two? Yeah, I roll big joints, man. Our judges say that's okay. They roll big joints, too. Ding, ding, ding. That's a take yeah, from well, they Chichi might Chong. roll them with big bamboos for a whole lid. Because you take a five-pound coffee can and you just kind of fold it a little bit and make a scoop out of it. Poke it into the garbage bag and dump it into the sandwich bag. It usually ended up being an ounce, heavy ounce, you know, ounce and a quarter or so. Yeah. So they could have gotten a portion cup, but went with a coffee can lid. Uh, because it was common, right? Coffee okay. can lids were everywhere. That's how you bought coffee. Very few people right. back in the day bought, like, whole beans and ground themselves. There was no espresso machines. There was it no, was before the invention know, of the K-cup. Yeah, well before. <laughs> it was a lot cheaper then, too, so... It didn't really bother the guy if he lost, you know. And more seating. I've got like three sets of measuring cups in my kitchen. I could easily find something instead of a coffee can. You would have been a better drug dealer than most. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) I tried to be a drug investor, but my my salesman stole the money and ran. (laughs) Sorry to hear that. They will do that. Got to watch who you invest in. So what else, Um, Major? Okay, now, on the... Kilroy, I remember Kilroy all the back, way back to World War II. Right. Yeah, and I, I have always wondered the original origin of that. It's one of those things that's made me go, hmm. Have you tried Uncle Google? Fortunately, fortunately, I have uh, a magic rectangle in front of me, and the magic rectangle, when I just typed in Kilroy was here, says... Kilroy was here is a meme long before the internet. Ooh. I'm I'm adding long before the internet because I know okay. that it was a meme. It's basically a little drawing of a guy with a long nose that hangs over the edge of whatever he's looking at and has two little hands and then like a little head with like one squiggle of hair. Okay. Like Kil- Wilson from Home Improvement? A little bit, yeah, okay. except more cartoonish. All right. Kilroy was here is a meme that became popular during World War II, typically seen in graffiti. Its origin is debated. But the phrase and the distinctive accompanying doodle became associated with GIs in the 1940s. 
a bald-headed man with a prominent nose peeking over a wall with his fingers clutching the wall. So, there you have it. They still don't give you the origin. Damn it. Well, I mean, that was the first thing that popped up. Uh, The prehistory of Kilroy was here, says, this is from thoughtco.com. It's like asking a stoner what the importance of 420 is. You're going to get so many answers. Oh, I thought that was a real specific one, that uh, it was the the police code for drugs. Is it? That's my understanding, too. That was what I heard. Was that like it was, but it was Although I have also heard that, no, there was this massive raid that happened at 420 in the morning. I I heard it was specifically California police, maybe even as uh, narrowed down as like Los Angeles, for example. All right. Los Angeles being a big area, but that was their uh, code for like, yes, we've got a 420 in progress over on uh, the corner of blah, blah, and blah, blah street or whatever, right? That's my understanding. However... There are many tales of the origin of 420. Not well, all of them are that. I mean, you got the magic rectangle. Can we see what the California police code for Let's drugs and drugs Kilroy was here. You all also right. have a magic rectangle. You should yeah. cue that up while I'm going through this. All right, talk to the major. Where did the meme come from? Uh, 50 years. Hang on, hang on, major. 50 years before the invention of the internet, Kilroy was here was a meme. Well, graffiti itself has been around for thousands of years, but the Kilroy drawing seems to have derived. From a similar graffito, Foo was here, popular amongst Australian servicemen during World War One. This was also a depiction of a big-nosed cartoon figure peering over a wall, but was not accompanied by any words. Around the same time Kilroy was popping up in unexpected places in the U.S., another doodle, Mr. Chad, was appearing in England. The Chad doodle may have derived from the Greek symbol for Omega, or it may have been a simplified adaptation of a circuit diagram. Whatever the case, it carried the same someone-is-watching connotation as Kilroy. At some point, shortly before the outbreak of World War II, it seems Fu, Chad, and Kilroy merged their mimetic DNA and mutated into the classic Kilroy was here. So apparently Kilroy was here was, you know, uh, born of three different memes, and they all sort of unified and became Kilroy during World War II. I like the Australian soldier one. I, th- I wonder what the FO stands for. Illegal use right. of drugs is 212. 212. Oh, as far as the uh, 420 thing? Right. They don't have one for 420. It was in Berkeley, California, and there was a, a college campus there, and there was a high school on the campus. And at 420, about half a dozen kids would go meet by this statue of I don't remember who the hell it was, but they'd go sit and because that was just after the school shut up before they went home. So they'd go puff a hippie stick under the statue, and portably, that's the story I heard. That is one of the stories, yes. Uh, from History.com, many don't know the origins of the 420 reference, but have vague recollections. Uh, some believe it's the number of active chemicals in marijuana. Others, that it's based on a, on tea time in Holland. Some referenced the birthday of Adolf Hitler as April 20th, 1889, and others Bob Dylan's legendary Everybody Must Get Stoned song refrain from his Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 35. 12 multiplied by 35 does equal 420. So now you got to do math. Mm, right. I've was, got an alternate one here. I was told there would be no math. I've got an alternate one. In 1971, five high school students in San Rafael, California, used the term 420 in connection with a plan to search for an abandoned cannabis crop 
based on a treasure map made by the grower. Calling themselves the Waldos. The Waldos, right, yeah. Because their typical hangout spot was a wall outside of the school, the five students designated the Louis Pasteur statue, sorry, Louis Pasteur statue on the grounds of San Rafael High School as their meeting place and 420 as their meeting time. The Waldos referred to this plan with the phrase 420 Louis. After several failed attempts to find the crop, the group eventually shortened their phrase to 420 which ultimately evolved into a code word the teens used to refer to consuming cannabis. Also one of the stores. Yeah, my ex-wife tried to convince me at one time that this came out of the Bible. Because somewhere, somewhere in the Bible it said God gave us all the green plants. And she tried to tell me it was chapter 420 of some damn book. And I looked it up and uh, they, 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 they didn't jive. I have so, given you all the seed-bearing plants on the earth to use. To that's use, true. To use. That's true. This particular- now, uh, uh, hold on. On the Bible one, uh, there is a possibility that anointing oil included cannabis as one of its required ingredients. It's not just ointment. It's anointment. Yeah. Uh, the original word being Kenne Bosom. Okay. And uh, I, There's a good pseudonym. Hi, I'm Kenny. Kenny Bosom. <laughs> So does this, that verse in the Bible have any relation to four, chapter 4, verse 20? I don't know. Okay. This article uh, expands on your bit about the Waldos. Uh, it says that they were, in fact, in search of free weed. Uh, their meeting time, 4.20 p.m. after practice. They were all athletes. The Waldos would pile into a car, smoke some pot, and scour the nearby Point Reeves forest for the elusive free herb. Did one of, anyone one, ever tell them Ton Stafu? <laughs> there ain't no such thing as free weed. Yeah. One of the original members of the Waldo, Steve Capper, told the Huffington Post we would remind each other in the hallways we were supposed to meet at 420. It originally started out 420 Lewis, and we eventually dropped the Lewis. So Louis Pasteur, right, is the Lewis they dropped. Never did they score free bud, but perhaps they stumbled onto something more lasting. The term 420 was coined, allowing the high schoolers to discuss smoking pot without their parents or teachers knowing. Secret code. Ooh. Major? Well, I just too bad they never found the crop. But then you know, if uh, if if I was to draw you a map to a half an acre I'd grown, I wouldn't do that unless I thought somebody was watching it and I was scared to go harvest it myself. Yeah, the whole treasure map thing is basically not a thing that ever happens. Like it, it was out of a story about pirates, but pirates didn't do that. Pirates spent their money on liquor and whores, on rum and <laughs> prostitutes. Not necessarily in that order. Indeed, usually simultaneously. Well, generally, the captain might have something to bury after a few missions, but as far as the uh, regular seafaring chap, yeah, he'd uh, burn all his money in port. Then buried in port, and one of the prostitutes. So I think you're you're buying into this myth that the leader is different from the people. And as the captains, yeah, captains want rum just as bad as everybody else. Yes, I do. And captains are always after that booty. Yes, I am. Also, Jameson. And do you, Captain, have a buried treasure somewhere? Well, don't well, admit <laughs> it on air if you do. Jeez. No, no, I don't. And thus began the search for Captain's treasure. Major, what were you saying? The captain is the one that owns the ship, and he's probably the most badass of the bunch. That's why he's the captain. Yeah. 
That sounds good. Okay. Yeah. He's right. still going to spend he, he, his he, he, share he, he, on he, he, hookers and booze. Just just better hookers oh, and better booze. Yes. He gets two shares. That is how it works on a, at least on the commercial fishing ships that I Oh was no, on. that that like uh, it's a matter of are, historical are a real thing. No, it's a matter of historical record. Uh, they they actually made specific contracts of like here's what you get if you lose yep. a hand and all that. And yeah, uh, the standard practice was that the captain got a double share. Uh the first mate and the uh uh sergeant at arms share and a half. would get share and a half. Yep. Uh, or and if you happen to have like uh, if you happen to be lucky enough to have a uh, a medic on board, you usually got a share and a half too. Yeah, we had uh, let's see, it was two shares for the captain, a share and a half for the mechanic, for the the cook, right? Who was also you know a hand, right? Like they didn't just cook, yep. and the mechanic didn't yeah, just mechanic, better, right? He he did these things in addition to yeah, the also swaying, fishing, man. right? Yeah. What are you saying, maybe? Yeah, you better get the sugar bump or you're not going to be eating, eating so good. <laughs> right. <laughs> the sugar bump? I thought that was when a girl was pregnant. It's not a sugar bump? No, I never met one named Sugar. <laughs> Major, thanks for the call. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160. The final segment of Free Talk Live still to come. We've got more to talk about, plus more of your calls and thoughts. programming seven nights a week uh the live show from the king new hampshire studio is on uh wednesday thursday saturday and sunday uh and i would like to say welcome to gardner goldsmith yes uh who premiered last night as one of the free talk live family of shows you have no idea how thrilled i was to see his name back in my podcast feed nice uh yeah we welcomed him back there was uh as things go without wizard number one around uh, as things go, uh, we weren't completely certain if we were going to get this episode uh, live Friday night. Uh, and it turns out we were able to do so. And so we premiered his first uh, Friday episode uh, last night. You can go find it over at freetalklive.com. Just find the archives. You'll see Gardner Goldsmith. It's called Liberty Conspiracy. Yep. And uh, the, the deal is, is uh, we expect him to do a show every Friday for us. I was at one point in time in my life, like Free Talk Live and Liberty Conspiracy were the two shows that I actually donated money to. Really? Like I was nice. a member of his like inner cabal or whatever he called it. Yeah. And then just, you know, I went broke and he stopped producing that sort of content. But that my favorite, I my got, absolute favorite. I got to have a couple of uh, conversations with him as this was as we were leading up to this. I'm jealous. Technical things, you know, behind the scenes. Oh, go here and do that. Oh, no, you got to click this instead of that. Or oh, you're not connecting because whatever, right? Text. I'll be listening to it on my but, drive home tonight. But but great conversation. Uh, the dude is totally excited to be part of the Free Talk Live family. We're also stoked to have him. So it's a nice mutually beneficial uh, agreement that that we've come to a rove. I think he is one at. of the best communicators. Of the Liberty philosophy that I've ever heard. Night? Friday night. Nice. Yep. Yep. Every Friday night going forward. That's the plan. Uh, Gardner Goldsmith will be doing Liberty Conspiracy 
as part of the Free Talk Live network of shows. I got to say, I miss the days when I could every night of the week call in and know that I could be on Free Talk Live. It'll come back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All, all good things in good time and mm. all that kind of a thing. Just give it you eight know. years. <laughs> uh, could be less. Too soon. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, but in addition to announcing Gardner Goldsmith and uh, his Liberty Conspiracy joining Free Talk Live, uh, I would like to ask all of our Free Talk Live listeners to visit ariademezzo.com, A-R-I-A-D-I-M-E-Z-Z-O.com, and write her. Send her a letter, send her a postcard, uh, you know, journal to her if you'd like to. Uh, she has been hearing from... Well, non-libertarians pri- primarily, but she could really use to hear from more libertarian-type people. So please go visit ariademezzo.com and send her something, uh, a letter, a postcard, uh, handwritten is best, or typed out and printed on your computer printer. We'll get there. Don't use crayon or colored pencil because they'll flag that. And, of course, you know, it's the federal prison and all that kind of stuff. So stick to black and white ink, uh, black and white or blue ink on white paper. Don't over-decorate the envelope or anything like that. Uh, but do send uh, some letters or other stuff to Ari DeMezzo. Also, you can visit freekeen.com, F-R-E-E-K-E-E-N-E.com, and uh, find the article where there's information on how to write to Ian Freeman. He's in uh, Merrimack County Jail currently being held until his next series of hearings, whenever those might be, you know how government is. So you can currently write to him while he's still at Merrimack, and there's instructions over at freekeen.com. Both Ian and Aria need to hear from you guys, uh, especially if you're a longtime listener, you know, and that kind of a thing. They'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, Give them something to do, keep their minds uh, occupied and sort of, you know, on the prize of getting out. Send them jokes in two parts. All of that kind of thing. Yes. Like send the setup in like the first letter and then wait two weeks and send the punchline in the second letter. Like, hey, Ian, how do you keep a prisoner in suspense? Jesus. He'd probably actually enjoy that. (laughs) (laughs) And then dot, dot, dot. And then he's got to wait like two weeks to get the next letter. Right. It just says, oh, put him in jail. Right. Well, no, you just don't send the second one. Then he's in suspense the whole time. That's That's a one liner. Or, or the punchline is like that. <laughs> you are an evil man. Uh, also, uh, just to get this business out of the way, I want to say thank you to Gnostic Wretch. A Gnostic Wretch is a silver level amplifier. That means that they give five bucks a month to the amplifier program. What is an amplifier? Well, you can visit amps.freetalklive.com. Uh, anyone who contributes there is an amplifier. AMPS stands for Advertise, Marketing, Promote, and Support. So your five bucks or more, you can go 10, 25, 50. There's different levels. It's a Patreon-type setup if you're familiar with that. Uh, But if you think that this is an enjoyable show, you like the perspective of peace, freedom, liberty, and prosperity that we bring, if you like the hosts, the co-hosts, the callers, uh, please consider becoming an amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com. We're on something like 180 radio stations now. We could be on 200, 250, 300, 350 is not even out of the question. It's all up to you. Amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you again to Gnostic Wretch. We appreciate you and your contribution to the show. All right, let's go to more of your calls and thoughts. Let's try this one again. Navid in New Mexico. No, it doesn't. It stands for Amplify, Market, and Promote. Ask Bonnie. 
Ooh. Uh, it's advertised market, promote, and support, but that's fine. No, Bonnie says it's amplified market and promote. All right, well, I'm in the first cage chair tonight. Match, cap, cage match, captain versus Bonnie. Oh, my God, are you Bonnie's kidding me? I outweigh her by, like, 2.5 times. Yeah, she's just gonna it's gonna be like uh, Skipper and Gilligan. She's gonna run circles around you. Have you not seen the first UFC? I think that she has the heart of a champion, and you do not have the heart. I'm, to I'm the lumbering ogre. I think that no, no. I think that you. I think that you would be like Bonnie. I can't fight you, and she would tear your heart out and take a bite out of it. That's yeah. how I think and, that and fight has, would go. I, yeah, she has finger, fingernails, and she can pull hair. Oh, wait, that, that, wait, oh, chin hair. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And I don't think Bonnie can take too many of those. I I had a beer with that guy. Really? Yeah. Mike Brayson? Mike Brayson, yes. What? Mike Tyson. Tyson, Brayson, whatever. Was it some guy named Mike? I think that's what happens when we try and talk over each other. I think he got punched in the mouth by Mike Breeson. Was it some guy named Mike that had a job at, like, the Tyson Chicken Factory? Well, that's another story. A buddy of mine that I used to fly with, he flew for Don Tyson, told me all about Don Tyson's uh, wild parties in the hot tub with the the, uh, bikini-clad and sometimes uh, lacking a bikini-clad young ladies. Chicks or chickens? Both. Bikini clan, huh? It's, it's Arkansas. It's Arkansas, dude. And sometimes. They have both. Can you imagine, like, can you imagine, like, walking into a, a room where there's a hot tub and there's like some, you know, '70s sleazy guy in the tub, right? He's got his shades on and like a, you know, champagne in one hand, and chest hair, and a porn star mustache, <laughs> and he's surrounded by like either naked or or bikini wearing chickens. No, no, you got to have like baby chicks. And, and you're like, what are you Just doing? Just chicks everywhere. And he's like, I'm making soup. I've seen a picture of a dude's house, uh, Hot tub with Halloween chickens. costume. Cut up some celery and some carrots, and yeah, you make soup. He was dressed like a, he was dressed like a hospital patient. i soup now. Good. I wouldn't either. I've seen a picture of a guy's hospital costume. He was dressed like a, a hospital, uh, Halloween costume, dressed like a hospital patient. Okay. And he's surrounded by three gorgeous women in a sign that said, like, sick of these hoes. <laughs> That's funny. David? Uh, I, I am not a theoretical physicist. However, my cousin... Well, that's who, who we invited prize, to call. My, my, but my cousin, who won a Nobel Prize in physics, was a theoretical physicist. And I have questions for, uh, for uh, 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 Lee, a.k.a. the um, uh, peakless mountaineer. Why don't you ask your cousin? He's me. probably got the correct answers. Shoot. I think he's dead. I think hey, he's hey, dead. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Don't make me pull the Pope card and say, okay, I'm declaring myself infallible. The So, Lee. Actually slid you, out of the you, way on that one, too. Lee, Lee, okay, so so um, uh, you and the captain can see each other right now, presumably. Appears to be the case. You can believe that okay. if you want to. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So, um uh are when you see the captain what exactly are you seeing and i'm not look the and don't insult the captain here that's not what i'm not trying to give you a set you up Mm. with a softball there so Um, i'm perceiving my neural interpretation of looks like photons maybe a stud muffin a light that bounced off the captain i think i heard you say yeah I'm, i'm perceiving my neural interpretations of the uh photons that bounced off the captain Okay, so you're not actually seeing particles of the captain. You're seeing particles of something else that bounced off of him. Correct. 
Well, okay. I'm not even and seeing those, parts, those. I'm seeing my neural interpretation right, the of interpretation. that energy. Right. Got, got it. Understood. But for purposes of being expeditious uh, somewhat, uh, I'll just Well, no, I think it's important to know that you will never know the truth. You cannot perceive reality directly. True. Then is there okay. an objective so, reality? Yes. I just want to know, David, is your, um, your theoretical physicist cousin, is his name Sheldon? No, his, his name is written on the, the lab at, uh, in Livermore and in Berkeley, uh, Lawrence Livermore Lab. That, that's him, Lawrence. Okay. But he's dead, so don't call him. Presumably. Um, yeah, presumably. So Do you, people ever really the, die? Yes. You're seeing the neural interpretation of particles bouncing off of the captain. Right. So um, if... If photons are, in fact, particles, which is uh, debatable. I'm rubber, you're glue. I mean, they're kind of wavicles. (laughs) Whatever you sense bouncing off of me, bouncing back to you. Why can't the captain, since the captain is not what you're seeing, what you're seeing are just particles, or what you're interpreting are just particles bouncing off of the captain, why why can't the captain himself physically travel faster than those particles bouncing off of him? Why can't he travel faster than light? Well, okay, yeah. so you've got two problems here. First is getting to light speed, which would require an infinite amount of energy. Like well, as you approach um, as you approach light speed, the cost of accelerating any further is exponentially higher and higher. So to actually reach light speed at anything that had mass, which is part of how okay. photons work is they're massless particles. And since they have no mass, they don't require an infinite amount of energy to go at light speed. Whereas anything that okay. has mass, which the captain has mass, would require an infinite amount of energy even to reach well, light wait, speed, wait, let alone off, to go let's faster. Go let's, let's go off on that tangent. Sure. So if you're in space and you're as far away from any other heavenly bodies, you know, like the the girls, the chicks in Don Tyson's hot tub. All right. You're as far... If you're as far away from other heavenly bodies that would have any sort of gravitational effect on you, and you're in space, and you're you're in a vacuum, um, if you're going uh, one mile an hour to accelerate to two miles an hour, um, you could do it with just a small, 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 small amount of energy, right? Because there's nothing stopping you other than inertia, right? Well, you got a real problem there, actually. Like, what's your uh, point of reference? Because if you're actually at the point where no gravitation of any body is affecting you, you kind of have no no frame of reference. Well, the frame of reference is you, your starting position. You yourself, the, posi- the, 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 the point in space where you reside when you begin the experiment of going from one mile an hour to two miles an hour, that's the point in space at which you are at. Okay. okay. And it, it, so to go from one mile an hour to two miles an hour to double your speed takes almost zero energy, right? Especially if you, especially if you can take as long as you want. You can take as long as you want to go from one mile an hour to two miles an hour so, so that the uh, overcoming the inertia of your own body, which is significant in the case of the captain, uh, is not an issue in this mathematical equation. Now, he's so insulting take, the captain. He, he is. I caught that. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just riffing on what Lee had said. Okay. So I suggested that he's like a, a non-photonic being with you, mass. You, on the other hand, are making fun of him. 
No, I'm not. <laughs> I just like to clarify that I uh, am not from Mass, nor do I visit Mass on any frequent basis. So yeah, don't Mass up New Hampshire. I, I, I have no so Mass. You're not a Mass hole. Correct. You are not He's a not. Mass hole. Not, not He's not. Near as right. I can tell. Hey, uh, David. Okay. Thanks so, for the call, man. Oh, all right. Uh, we Did have, we get anywhere with that? Out, I okay. never got to find out what the physics question right. that he had. We have other calls to get to. Let's go to this unscreened caller. Entertainment first. Education second. This unscreened caller, what's your name? You're live on Free Talk Live Radio. Hello, it's Jeremy in Australia. Hey, Jeremy, how you doing? Good, how are you? We're good. What's on your mind? You're live on the radio. I just wanted to find out if Ian is able to listen to the show in prison. I don't know that he's able to do so yet. I say that because I'm under the impression that there is a radio station that does broadcast our show that will reach him in Merrimack County. However, he's being held in a situation where he has not yet been allowed to uh, purchase any sort of a receiving device that is a a radio, for example, uh, which uh, apparently he did have... Uh, when they were holding him in Merrimack County previously uh, before uh, he got out on bail. And so he was able to get a radio at some point, uh, you know, when they first arrested him and held him for 69 days or whatever it was, uh, a little more than that perhaps. Uh, So he was able to get a radio and listen to the show uh, then, but up until this point, no, he has not been able to listen. Just skip a meal and trade it for somebody else's radio. (laughs) Well, I've just been thinking about uh, what to send him in a letter. And I thought, um, I've got some transcripting software. I can make some transcripts of the show to send him in the letter. Yeah, um, he does have, believe it or not, something that resembles a tablet. Uh, And instead of, you know, you've seen the traditional movies where some guy goes to jail and there's like a room with all the phones in. You got to kind of wait in line to use the phone and hope a guy gets done with his call so you can go make your call and that kind of thing. Uh, apparently they just give you tablets now and then you can just make calls whenever you want to, provided you have enough money to do so. And they're mm. not cheap. Right. So, you know, we're talking getting ebooks on that thing too. To I thought to, I heard something about him. To be able to, to be. Yeah. Download the show. Uh, negative. There is a podcast catcher on the tablet, but free talk live, of course, not included. <laughs> uh, and in fact, right. he, and he says a transcript in the mail, they might, that away too <laughs> they they might it's it's hard to tell um i do know that uh the podcasts available are very limited he said there was like maybe a dozen and we all know that there's like hundreds of thousands of, them. of podcasts you know what i mean so like so it's in no way connected to the internet it's just that it has these podcasts downloaded on it already right there's a company called securus s-e-c-u-r-u-s i believe uh and they have I don't know if it's a monopoly, but it might as well be. They have the contract for the Federal Bureau of Prisons to provide them all of this stuff at some sort of a cost. And so they do, and they do it poorly because they're not held to any standard that's reasonable in the marketplace. So the phone calls are kind of crappy. The you know the podcasts that they can download and listen to are kind of crappy. The tablet itself, kind of crappy. Right, it's not designed to be, you know, a fast and uh, well dialed in machine. It's designed to basically eliminate some other need for a physical human being employee. It's probably also security. I mean, if they just yeah. if they let it connect to the internet, someone will figure out how to hack it. If they allowed any podcast in there, right, then you would just set up a podcast to send secret messages and 
embedded in the podcast somewhere in there and you know yeah so interestingly enough um if somebody had the wherewithal and the time and uh the gear uh you could probably just roll up into the parking lot and do a pirate radio broadcast out of like you know your van or your minivan or something like that uh within the legal parameters right you're allowed to broadcast uh am or fm signal uh, as long as it doesn't go beyond X, look up your own state or you know city statutes on one square uh, radio mile. broadcast, whatever that is. Yeah. But like basically, if you just park in the parking lot and broadcast the show, like if you were driving by it every day and wanted to just broadcast an hour, you could just roll in broadcast an hour. I don't know how you'd alert the inmates to like what station to tune into, but I bet you that information would get passed around per quick. That sounds like a really good activism to. Uh, broadcast free talk live at every prison in america <laughs> it, yeah at, at some point there were some people talking about something similar to that at least trying to get a broadcast within the vicinity of you know we'll say all the new england prisons or something like that uh there was some some thought as to how to do that and some thought went into that i don't think anything became of it i think they were successful at broadcasting to like one prison and then it just never expanded from there because of cost and time of course so well, I'm trying to broadcast um, Free Talk Live all over TikTok. So follow follow Free Talk Live's TikTok at Free Talk Live. Well, thank you for your service. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Bye, guys. All right. Thanks for the call, man. Feel free to call us again. Peace. And oh. this is what happens when you don't believe in intellectual property. All the way from awesome. Australia. Right? Didn't, yeah. I, didn't I sort of do a fake Australian accent earlier? Did I summon the Australian caller by doing so? Well, the call of the I guess kookaburra. You should do more, uh, more accents then. Uh, let's move over to some non-accented calls. Let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. Hey, you know, I was the only um, nut running around Albuquerque for like um, for ten days at UNM to get the vote out. Wait, were you when you when you say running around? I'm picturing uh, some sort of a jogging pantsuit. Uh, you maybe oh, wearing a sweatband. You've got some uh, some flyers under arms. Please arm. don't put those images of Sarah into my head. Well, the thing is, I had a handwritten sign with a two four three vote. Do you prefer the Do you prefer the images of her naked house cleaning on campus? They thought it was a handwritten pen asking for money. Pink elephant. Pink so elephant. they had the security <laughs> kind of check me out. You know, they wanted to see what I was doing. Did they frisk you? No, that a lady. But they kind of read a sign two four three vote and uh, and they're like and then so what does that even mean two four me three vote two four three eight six eight three so um, anyway oh, so people phone thought number. people thought it was oh. it was comical because I'm the only person in Albuquerque with a handwritten sign running standing on a street corner running around Unim I'm like there's gonna be Voting going on, voting's open now, and they're like, you know, they think. What are you voting for? They think I'm just comical. Yeah, what are you? What are you trying yeah. to get people to vote for? What's the subject? Well, we have four even number city councilors. Four, so they don't the they don't even have a voters guide. They're all going to just go up and like, what? Who are these people? I don't know any of these people. That's what. And they got five more days. The seventh is the election date, and it's over. So that's where it is. And then the state wins again. What we're just gonna, what, what 
Okay, there's districts you know, voting, that are voting's got to be a really fun experience for her because no matter what happens, they will increase the welfare state. They will increase government spending. We will be moved closer to communism. I thought freedom was winning an hour ago, Lee. Peakless. Well, it's not winning in the state. Oh, okay. That's not yeah. where freedom comes from. Well, got it. Well, let's ask Sarah. Sarah, where does freedom come from? You know, freedom is is like voting for somebody that you don't know too well because you have to vote that day or you can't vote. Anymore. You got like, so uh, <laughs> I guess that's, that's the <laughs> I do. I think they give you a print you out a so-called a sample ballot. If you go there, I'm trying to get everybody to go in. At least they'll print you out a sample ballot. You go go home and maybe come back three days later or come back on the seventh election wow. day. And vote for something that you kind of look into. You know, kinda there you go. Up. See, Sarah believes that freedom comes from voting. Wow, Sarah, that's terrible. Freedom doesn't come uh, from voting. Freedom is uh, an inherent uh, thing that you have based on the fact that you exist. It's a condition of your existence, should you decide to exercise it. Well, and the experience of freedom comes from each other. Not as members of a government, but as members of a community. Yeah, I don't know. Just uh, what what I'm concerned about is District Six. They they got about like five candidates. So if they the Democrat, I'm a Democrat. They three of them split the vote. No, we might wind up with the Republican. You're a That's Democrat. Shocking, isn't it? Oh my! Would have never guessed. Never in a million years. Would she I seems guessed. so hard right to me. Well, I'm a socialist Democrat. I mean, can't you tell? I mean, I like. See, we were, Do you we own three homes and live in Vermont? A... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have a choice for the homeless shelter because if you vote for the library in the community center, you have to. It's all tied together. Sarah, we're out of time. I'm sorry. Give us a call next time. Hopefully, we have more time for you. Uh, thank you to all of our callers, all of our listeners. Thank you, Richie Rich. Thank you, Peakless Mountaineer, for joining me here tonight. If you missed any part of the program, find the archives over at freetalklive.com. Thanks and peace. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact porcupinerealestate.com.